What is it? It's a gun rack. A gun rack? A, a gun rack. Yeah, right. I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. What am I going to do with a gun rack? You don't like it? Fine. You know, Wayne, if you're not careful, you're going to lose me. I lost you two months ago. Are you mental? This is recording. It is recording. But, <laughs> yeah, but we gotta. I gotta. Hey, uh, does anybody out there know how to exercise a donkey or demons? <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Booms. Oh, he's, he's definitely <laughs> possessed by demons, my donkey. <laughs> not everyone has a donkey, so I guess they don't know. We'll have to take yeah, your word for that. That's probably the <laughs> reason not to have a donkey. I would think. <laughs> oh, hopefully everyone enjoyed our last pod, which was damn, it was the one with me and Justin. What was it? Damn, I don't even remember it. You must have enjoyed it. It was oh the sci-fi one. Yeah, it was really good actually. I thought it came out really well. We had a really good discussion. I'm behind in my watching, so you still haven't watched the uh, the S movie yet. No, the snake movie. Uh You got to watch it. I'm gonna put it on one of these things, and then you'll be forced to watch it (laughs) to watch something that's not on the pod. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I hear it's a true crime, so so you're gonna have to watch it before next uh, before two weeks. We don't we we (laughs) don't have cable out here, but I discovered what I'm discovering is you can. You can find a platform online to watch anything. Yeah, well, some movies you can't. Not even movies. I'm just talking about literally anything. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. So I found... found, You went down a rabbit hole? Well, I got subscribed five bucks a month for PGATour.com. And now I can literally watch a tournament a week. I've been obsessed with, because uh, my girl's gone for a few weeks uh, taking care of her dad. Shout out to uh, David Zachary. Uh, so she's down there dealing with all that uh, stuff. So I've been up here, and usually I'll, I'll go through like a marathon. I usually don't pay complete attention to what's on TV unless I'm watching a movie. So I love having stuff just on the background. I've been going through all the WrestleManias. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm, I'm only a guy that between 85 and, 85 and 95, 95 are my years, those 10 years. So And that covers like Wrestlemania 1 through 10 and I realized I had the first 5 and I was like hold on let me check them out (laughs) yeah check that I realized I owned the first 5 so I'm watching the first I realized I only had volume 1 not volume 2 so I just ordered volume 2 so hopefully it gets here soon because I'm like on number 3 and I'm loving them I'm loving going through all of them and it's complete like utter nostalgia and you forget how much I I recognize every single one of these people and know everything not as much as Eric Eric can tell you like uh, their kids and uh, how they broke their leg in Wrestlemania 4 how they really broke their leg in like WrestleMania four, <laughs> playing <laughs> like, golf. Yeah, like and they uh, fell down the hill playing yeah, golf. Yeah, Roddy they, Piper. They Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper had, was like they had a whole thing in like WrestleMania like seven or something where he was on crutches and everything, and because Mister Perfect broke his leg. Nah, he had a skiing accident and uh, in Aspen, I guess, and uh, they just worked it in. <laughs> right I mean, like that's how you just work not? that shit in, man. It's, uh, a soap opera. it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I I can't watch the new ones. It's one of those things that needs to be. You either need to watch it with little kid eyes or you need to have watched it with little kid eyes and now it's just nostalgic and you're like, oh, I remember how Plus, I was feeling. It's very hard to do the characters nowadays without coming off as a racist. Oh, God. Right? You should listen to like some of the Jesse Ventura like uh, commentary where he's just calling Tito Santana Chico through the whole thing or making racist yeah, jokes. Can't do that like anymore. crazy. Like I'm like, I'm like, Jesse Ventura sounds like Trump <laughs> when you listen to it. And it's obviously an act he's putting on. He's trying to get a rise out of people, but. 
It's good. He says nothing. Will, nothing. Still probably uh, it in soul. Have you heard him talk? <laughs> yeah, I've heard him talk. He seems like a reasonable guy. He's uh, he was he's more. He he was governor of uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, and uh, I've heard him on the Rogan podcast. And he, he seemed like a or decent. He, he's pretty on the level type of guy. He's not as like crazy as you would think. Uh, and it's good to have that uh, escape from reality because nothing nothing important is going on in real life. <laughs> Right now? Yeah, yeah, right now. Yeah, it's boring. <laughs> yeah, if this is our time capsule, <laughs> Trump just went into the hospital, so we'll yeah. see how this turns out. Prayers might can be answered. Yeah, thoughts and prayers. No, <laughs> that you missed what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. This is, it's karma, and it's uh, I never wish bad on anybody. Except no, I right, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, karma, though, that's what that's what we're leaving it yeah, at. Wear a mask, folks. Wear a mask. Social or at distance. Least social distance. Yeah, we're doing these. It's like the outdoors. easiest contact tracing they ever did with this thing with Trump too, because they've they've traced it all back to that uh, 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 to the new uh, justice, the possible <laughs> new justice. Uh, I guess what were they doing? Just announcing her, and it was yeah. outside and everything. But they have so much video of people like uh, hugging close each talking. other and close talking, and I think they've got like. 22 or something people that have it now i'm like jesus man. i mean i'm worried on getting it or giving it from what we do i mean yeah. not worried to not to take uh, but take precautions man. yeah 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 you gotta take precautions i mean i don't this is the only time i see anyone besides my wife is doing the pod but and we take precautions sit do, across the table and, i go to i go to the grocery store yep. every other day I go to the grocery store. Yeah, I wear my mask. Yep. I wear my mask. Second, I get in the car. I take my mask off and I use hand sanitizer. And when I get home, I uh, wash my hands. And uh, I gotta, you gotta take precautions when you're doing that type of stuff. So <sighs> we'll see. We only got what five weeks till to the end of time. Four, four <laughs> weeks. Four weeks. Like four weeks from today. Yeah. Go the, vote. I'm not gonna tell you who to vote for, but just go vote. Unless you're unless you vote unless for Trump, Trump, <laughs> Trump then don't go vote. Day. Stay you're home. Good. You're fine. Hey, you got this. They allow you to do it up until like the fifth. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, you got this. Anyways, <laughs> you, you got this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but today, today we're gonna deal. We did with character actors here a couple weeks ago, and uh, I, I like to do. Uh, if we're doing character actors, I like to do character actresses. Man, there's some really fabulous character actresses out there that. Uh, that just come in and pull off their part and you recognize immediately when you see them and you don't know who the hell these people are. And this is like a, a list of 10 ladies here that uh, all fall in that category. There's one, this, the last lady on yeah, here. I was going to say, she's sort of She kind of floats between, but, she but, but she's done so many that. character actresses yeah. stuff when she was younger, but now she's floated to more of a method actor and like she's actually won an Oscar uh, on here. So she's been nominated. She's got to be in the top 10 yeah, she's, U.S. actresses in my mind. Yeah, at the point, at, at the moment right now for sure. But yeah, when she uh, started, she was just the secretary and everything, you know, and just doing those small little roles. So we'll talk about her. But I think who we have on here for the most uh, movies, most movies, it's got to be on the first. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got to be 124. Uh, and we'll talk about her. And then the least amount is also on that first page. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't have expected her, though, you know, right above the other one. But she did some big ones. She did some big ones, but yeah, not as many as you thought until you're like uh, looking at them. And most of these of people are still with us. She probably does a lot of television. Uh, the second page, the first one on the second page is the only one who's not with us anymore. Uh, and she was great, too. Uh, she did a lot of good stuff. Who? Uh, the first one on that second oh, page. First one, okay. Yeah, we'll talk about her. All right, but let's start this off. The first one, 
come from a famous uh, acting family. A lot of people know Very Patricia famous. and uh, and David, the nut bar. And, uh, Is he a nut Oh, bar? he's fucking crazy, dude. What Talking about awesome. wrestling, he's a wrestler oh, now. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, he's like crazy as shit wrestler. Uh, sorry, we, I got off the subject of the names. So we're going to be talking about Rosanna Arquette, but I'm talking about David Arquette just briefly, Deputy Dewey. <laughs> Who would have thought? Married Courtney Cox. He has had like the craziest life, and I guess he must have... Eric would probably be able to tell you more because, like I said, I only go to wrestling until, like, 1995. But apparently he's he's jacked now and he's wrestling. And it might have started off as a joke, but I'm not sure it's a joke anymore. <laughs> and he's done so he's much of it, so it. I don't know. He's got a name. He might as well use it. Yeah. So, But R- Rosanna Arquette's one of the other ones. A lot of people know Patricia. You know, Patricia got really famous and then did TV, did the medium and everything. But uh, And obviously Patricia was on True Romance and a whole bunch of other stuff. But her kind of her sister was almost takes just as famous roles. man uh yeah rosanna takes more uh you think rosanna takes more gritty roles or patricia Who, who's in well rosanna yeah rosanna the one we're going to talk about here <coughs> definitely takes some more uh uh some leaps uh one of the ones i think of immediately when i think rosanna <clears throat> other than pulp fiction i mean her anyone who does a quentin tarantino movie it almost immediately kind of highlights your mm-hmm. your uh, acting reel but crash is the one that i think about yeah, a lot just because it's... because of that leg thing and it's just creepy as hell man her first movie i don't know if that's her first movie but um uh, desperately seeking susan that's the way we were you think of yeah because i loved that movie i did like it i i, always... I was a madonna fan till till only till like the late 80s yeah I mean, everyone loved Madonna in the '90s. '90s was Vogue. pop music. Uh, yeah, but I—I uh, I, I mean, I listened to it. I wasn't hating on it. But '90 was Vogue, and she did Dick Tracy, and I loved her in that and everything. But yeah, Desperately Seeking Susan was one of those big things that was always on HBO. It was always on HBO, and I—I I always enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be more going into it. You think it's going to be more of a Madonna movie, and it, it's definitely more of a it's, Rosanna Arquette yeah. movie. And uh, it's one of those. Uh, like cases of mistaking identity type of situations uh, with that when he was just looking for that. Who was the actor? He just died. Yeah, he was great. He had those really big eyes. Um, Damn, did he die just recently? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was good in it too. So to list some of the Roseanne Arquette movies, and we can talk about uh, anyone we want. Silverado. I loved Silverado, man. No one talks about Silverado. That's one of those, uh, I think it's Lawrence Lawrence Kasdan did uh, Silverado. Star all star cast, huge all star cast with Kevin Costner, uh, Kevin Costner, Kevin Klein. Uh, what's uh, Murtaugh's name? What's Murtaugh? Uh, I don't uh, Danny Glover yeah. and uh, Rosanna Arquette played the uh, the love interest in it. It was great, man. It was one of those fun westerns, man. We just recently saw uh, After Hours with her in it, where uh, the great uh, the guy from uh, American Wealth in London. Uh, was just the trying, comedian one, the, uh, the, the one that was decomposing the whole time. Yeah, the one who was decomposing <laughs> and everything. And after hours, that was an early, early Martin Scorsese movie that no one thinks of when they think Martin Scorsese. And uh, I loved it. I thought it was fun. Remember, she was one of the people that he was going over her house. Uh, and yeah, was it the roommate? Uh, I haven't seen After Hours in a while, but she was really funny in it. I remember John Hurd a lot in it. Remember, he played the uh, the bartender. And Griffin Dunn just had to—it was one of those—and they make these movies every once in a while, too, where it's, you, it takes place all in one night, and it's just this crazy night, and it gets mugged, and he get, almost gets killed. Get and, him to the Greek. Uh, get him to the Greeks, one of those. Or, I like those uh, time-crunched. There was another one with Keanu Reeves that I liked with, uh, was the one with Laurie Laughlin. The time Lachlan. clock was running out on their hands or something. 
They had that life clock. Oh, that was short time. Short time. Short time, man. Man, we haven't. That's a hard movie to find too. That's one of those movies you might be able to find it on. He's YouTube. like gambling at, at the beginning with his time. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I I loved. Uh, oh, you're talking about. Uh, or you're not talking about. Uh, you're talking about in time, the one with Timberlake. Oh. Where it's actually on his yeah. wrist. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're talking about end time. Yeah, yeah, that was a that movie. I always wanted to be a hell of a lot better than it was. I'm talking about the one where uh, Dabney Coleman oh, had to kill himself yeah. on the line of duty. <laughs> we talked about that a few weeks ago. Just <laughs> yeah. about yeah. it was great, but I haven't I mean, seen it in forever, and it's yeah. it's a uh, it's a movie that's really hard to find. He was yeah, I liked Dabney Coleman. Uh, but Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction, really. It, and Rosanna Arquette had already done. I mean, she's got 105 movies under her belt, and these are actual movies. I, at one point, I was actually just putting their. Uh, was Big Blue uh, the deep dive one? Yeah, the one that, uh, that's the one that, um, what's the guy who did um, Leon? I was going to uh, say, uh, Renault. Yeah, Jean Renault was actually in the Big Blue also, but it was the uh, the same director. What's the director oh, who the did French that? Dude. The French dude. Name. What the hell? Uh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Justin, what is it? Uh, Gus, no, no. Uh, damn, it's, it was almost there. It'll come to me in a second. But no. it's the same guy who did Fifth Element and uh, Luke Besson. Luke There you go. He did Fifth Element. He did Leon. He did The Kiss of the Dragon. But one of his first movies was The Big Blue. And uh, a lot of people I remember don't it know being about really it. pretty sh- shot. Really, pretty. it was beautiful, but it was slow. It was and it was slow. even slow for me. So yeah. Justin, stay Plus, away from The Big Blue. It's about something that. It's pretty obscure. Mm. That deep diving stuff. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Someone yeah. just recently broke the record. Ooh, that's and, crazy. And I'm now I'm curious how many feet it is. <laughs> is is and it's funny, you like you think, wow, he probably held his breath for a while and then you have no idea. Yeah, it's way more than you even think probably. I mean some of those Navy SEALs can go crazy amounts of time. But while you're looking that up, I'll mention a couple other things. She was one of the many actors in Amazon Women on the Moon, which was such a funny, funny kind of Freediving, that's what I mean. Freediving, yeah. Uh, Another great movie that I've been looking for for a while, because I have a lot of, uh, every once in a while I want to get on like a Jean-Claude Van Damme kick, and I have most of his movies. I have, uh, you know, Double Impact, and uh, obviously Bloodsport, and Cyborg, and everything, but one of the random ones that I can't find very often, and it's still on my list to pick up, is Nowhere to Run. Do you remember that one with him? Where he, he has to stay with Rosanna Arquette and her kid in like this farmhouse, and he's being hunted down by people. Who is and, uh, Who's the actor? Uh, John Clyde Van Damme. It's called Nowhere to oh, Run. Oh, yeah, vaguely. It was a random one that had come out in 93, and it was, I think it was either like in between a couple of his big movies. It wasn't as popular as obviously Double Impact or what's the sudden, uh, what's the one at the uh, the hockey game with uh, Mighty Powers Ducks? Booth? <laughs> no, it was not Powers. <laughs> it was not Mighty Ducks. Mighty, if Powers Booth was in Mighty Ducks, that would have been awesome. I know. <laughs> Speaking of Mighty Ducks, one of the Mighty Ducks is like a like a, a nut bar like oh, presidential uh, candidate or something like that. Some like weird looking. Uh, kid who I guess he was one of the Mighty Ducks guys. And that's what I've been hearing about Mighty Ducks recently. 702 feet. 702 feet. That's what it, uh, the deep dive? With no oxygen. Ooh. Down and up. Wow. That's insane. Don't try this at home, kids. That's 400 meters. <laughs> I'll try this at that's home. That's over 400 meters tall. Oh, that is crazy. We should shout out uh, a shout out uh, to um, Rick Moranis. Oh, he got punched who, in the face. Who was the real issue the that people were concerned about. Fuck yeah. Trump. We're worried yeah, about Rick Trump. Moranis. Okay, what happened to Rick? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Rick? Did you see the video? I didn't. It, it was crazy. It would have happened to anybody. This guy, this guy didn't know who that was okay. for, for sure. It was like... 
you could tell it was, you know, in New York when you see The funny those... thing is, if you had told me Rick Moranis got punched in the head by a random person, yeah. I would have said, what street on New York was it? Yeah. No, it was <laughs> one of those, uh, they showed the video, and the video looked like all those, you know, those areas of construction that all have oh, yeah. the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the tunnels. The, the it was almost like a, tunnels. Yeah, that you're on. And this guy to keep looked, you from getting hammers dropped on yeah, your head. Yeah, yeah, basically is what it is, yeah. But he walked by this guy, and this guy looked like one of those guys that just screams at uh, pedestrians type of guy. He looked crazy. <laughs> so he was just like, New York is I think he was just pumping himself up and then he looked and the guy next to him just boom pop popped him and fucking rick fell on the ground but he was still moving on the ground but they were they covered as they blurred out his face i i guess so they didn't want to see it uh see him drop but you saw his legs on the ground but then he started moving and getting up so it was just one of those random what the fuck who was filming it just somebody Uh, it looked like a uh, surveillance it was just like surveillance camera uh footage that had got it so i have a feeling they'll never catch that guy either like, he's just some random crazy fucker on he's the street. He's probably there tomorrow. The yeah. same he's, he probably doesn't time. even know that it was anybody famous. He's not watching he the probably news. probably doesn't remember he even yeah. punched anybody. I mean, he could have been later on. Here's somebody sh- uh, punched Rick Moranis. Really? You should love that guy. Oh, fuck that <laughs> Fuck that Kill guy. that person. <laughs> <laughs> I had texted Justin, and Justin's like, I will kill a motherfucker right now. We need to go, We need to do something about this. <laughs> He's should've, like, I got. Should have started go He's like, I got anger running through me, dude. And I, uh, and I sent him a picture back of Rick Moranis when his eyes got really red when he wanted the guy oh, to yeah. let him in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he had the uh, the dog in his body and the Ghostbusters. So <laughs> shout out to him. <laughs> well, let's go milk, back to Rosanna here. So some of the other ones Rosanna's like really famous for, uh, obviously, um, uh, Pulp Fiction. It's such a small role, but such a big role for her. If you don't remember who Rosanna Arquette is you in mean Pulp Fiction. You mean the woman with the shit in her face? You the one with all the shit in her face? No, that's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She's the one with all the piercings and everything. And she's the one that I love when she's there during that whole procedure of plunging uh, into uh, Uma Thurman's chest and everything. He's like, I need a big, fat magic marker. And she sits straight up and <laughs> that was she, fucking goes, freaky. she goes, yeah. <laughs> that's fucking freaky. <laughs> that was fucking freaky. You got a uh, needle sticking out of your chest. Oh, God, man. That was the scene. I remember watching Pulp Fiction for the first time, and that was the scene, man. You were like, holy crap. He's like, I need to watch this five more I times. I do that. To and her reaction was just perfect in that movie. I loved her in that. That uh, Quentin brought her in just for that small role. But Crash, man. Crash, we've talked about a couple, uh, maybe a month or so ago when we did a wild card. I think I picked Crash. And uh, Crash is a weird movie. It's NC-17. I own it. Uh, it it's, a, it's a hard movie to find. It's David Cronenberg. And David Cronenberg's movies are pretty weird anyways, but this what? one was even a little bit weirder Existence than most. Guy. Yeah, the He's Existence weird. guy. My, my wife loves Existence. That was one of those random ones she watched late at night. I tell you, I was telling Justin, I don't know if you heard it on the pod, that I had I had come, I had woken up to go to work at 2 in the morning, and I, uh, and and I go in. Pe- I caught her Pee-wee's, watching. Herman's big <laughs> top peewee. That, that would have been great. She's like watching Deepwater Horizon with Mark Wahlberg, like engrossed, like, okay, okay, I'll see you later. And I'm like, really? are you? It's like I caught her like doing something naughty or something. Yeah. I said we could be doing this shit together, man. <laughs> <laughs> I said, why don't you? Uh, I said you're just sneak watching movies when I'm sleeping and everything. I was like, how many movies have you seen? <laughs> It'd be funny. She's going through all my movies and I don't know it. Maybe she does afraid that you're gonna judge her for the ones that she. Doesn't no, she's watch. a disaster movie fan. Really? She she does like she liked, disaster uh, movies and everything. What was that? Uh, the one? day after tomorrow. The, she was a fan the tornado. of tornado. Uh, t- yeah, that was one of the ones she was. I don't think she's seen Dante's Peak, so I'm like, man, we gotta watch some Dante's Peak. I said, I got disaster movies. You want disaster movies? I'll give you disaster movies. <laughs> I said, are we talking disaster like uh, Ford Fairlane? Or are we talking like uh, disaster <laughs> movies? Like, <laughs> no, shut up. I, lo- I love Ford Fairlane actually. <laughs> what is, what's the one where where 
<laughs> Daddy wants sausage. Oh yeah, yeah. Freddy got fingered, man. Yeah. <laughs> that kind that of would disaster. Be a disaster movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different level. Uh, but Crash, man, Crash is a hard one to find, and it doesn't help the fact that it's named after the Oscar-winning yeah. movie Crash. And these people confuse with not it. too far apart. I no, th- this was '96. I think the oh, other yeah, Crash was 2010, maybe oh, or yeah. something like that. So it was a little farther behind. But this Crash was about people. It was Holly Hunter, James Spader, and James Spader had his slew of weird movies. Man, he did The Secretary. He did Bad Influence. There was a lot of movies did James Spader did. Things that was, to like, do strange. in Denver when you're dead, or uh, two days in the two days in the, in the valley. valley. Yeah, he did that. Um, and Crash was about people that got into car crashes and then wanted to have sex like immediately afterwards. They just got turned on by it, and also they recreated some of the famous crashes too. That, that was the fascinating part of that. movie. Yeah, well, that was the stuff with Elias Codius, who had every night. Or like every week would do the James Dean crash, and would just go head on with somebody else. And he was like, uh, his his stunt guy that he did the other car. He says he wasn't wearing a helmet and everything, so he's not going to wear a helmet and during this crash and everything. And they're set up in like the bleachers with like eight people yeah. watching it, and it's just creepy as hell. But the scenes with Rosanna, Rosanna had done it so many times that she had lost a leg, and she had like this weird leg that had straps that had to be strapped on and everything. And you had like scenes where like James Spader was like licking. And her scars on her legs and everything, and you're like, "What the it hell is happening?" Definitely made here, you man? uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable, times. and, and the, but it was a lot of the too. scars that happen in David Cronenberg movies look the same, like that scar on the back on Existence, mm-hmm. or the uh, they had a bunch of the scars on uh, like Dead Ringers had it like that. So it's it's very similar. He's Cronenberg floated a lot, or flirted a lot with uh, with body with body horror, not like to the point. Uh, Naked Lunch, he probably did it a little bit more. Naked Lunch and Existence a little bit more so than a lot of the other ones. But he has some weird fascination with uh, with body dysmorphic and or uh, injury injuries and stuff like that. And then he just took it to the next level. So there's a lot of people who couldn't deal with Crash, but it was fascinating. I loved it. I thought it was a fascinating movie. But it was it was hard to watch. And our next girl we're talking about was also very famous in the world uh, Crash. Before we get there, I wanted to mention the last two movies: The Whole Nine Yards. That Bruce Willis movie, when Rosanna Arquette, was one of the neighbor to, girls. Uh, she was really funny in that. Matthew Perry. Uh, Matthew Perry, yeah. It's probably uh, the only thing I ever liked him in. Uh, I'm trying to think what else with Matthew He's Perry that I liked. Yeah, movie-wise, I'm trying to think of that. There must have been some uh, stuff that he was in that was good. I can't think of it, though. Um, Draft Day was the last one on here, which was uh, I only saw it once. I thought it was good. Was that Denzel? was the No, that was the Kevin Costner that took place all in the draft room on the football drafting uh, room. And I think Jennifer Garner was in it and Rosanna Arquette yeah. was in it. And, uh, it was decent, but I'm pretty she's sure really good. I, I love her. It's, Rosanna Arquette's one of those people that you, you can just plug her in really easily. And she won't cost you as much money as Patricia. <laughs> and probably less of a headache. <laughs> because Rosanna will do those uh, those roles that are just weird and everything. So I always enjoyed her. All right, this next actress, who, like I said, also is in Crash, has a very like intense look to herself. She's got to some, her, she's very her interesting. Features, she's got angles. Yeah, but she always angles. like she always looks like high when she's not really high. And this is Deborah. How Cara. do you know? <laughs> I mean, maybe she maybe is. I guess I'm high. giving her the benefit of the doubt. But this is Deborah Kara Unger, and you might have to look her up to uh, see the picture of her. I think probably what I would re- I would same uh, thing I would remember the the two her. things that she's probably the most famous for that people who are just like average moviegoers would recognize would be the game and payback. Those are definitely the two. In the game, she was the one, the blonde girl that yeah. was with Michael Douglas was the, the whole time. She was the waitress. Oh, 
uh, yeah, that he ended up getting fired and everything, dumped some water on her and everything, and then ended up getting trapped with him. Remember you, that shoe you moment? <laughs> that shoe cost a hundred dollars. Thousand. A thousand dollars. That one did. <laughs> <laughs> she was great in it, man. But she was also the junky uh, girlfriend that uh, was a backstabber for, for Mel, Mel Gibson, Gibson in Payback, She's man. Great. She got hers back though. I like the beginning, but you got to see her a lot in flashback. Is yeah, what yeah. it was. But she ended up ODing at the very beginning. Remember uh, Mel Gibson. Famously, uh, it was screwed over out of uh, it was some little amount of money, sixty thousand dollars. Sixty was it? Was? Yeah, <laughs> my suits cost more than sixty thousand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he shot a hole in my head. That's just the, that's just me. I can't watch many <laughs> new fucking Mel Gibson movies, but there's a couple of the old ones I still go back to. And Lethal Weapon and Payback are really the two. And uh, Payback was so much goddamn fun, man. I, can, I like a lot of his old stuff. Road Warrior, Road Warrior, Road I can Warrior's watch. Good. I just I like, can't get um, into his newer ones now that he's the Patriot. Uh, the Patriot, good. I I never enjoyed as much as I thought. I um, there's just not a whole lot of Revolutionary War stuff. Yeah, there, and so. it's good to see uh, what's his name as the son and that um, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, man, and the uh, bad guy was the quintessential bad guy. Who was the bad guy in the Patriot? That's a good question, right there. I can't even think. Yeah, look that up and see what you can think. Why uh, can you talk about Deborah here? Uh, she was in one of my favorite random '90s uh, thriller movies that it's super hard to find. It's like a twenty-five-dollar movie, and I'm gonna have to just drop it one of these days. And it has one of the most shocking endings, and I can't reveal the ending to anyone, so I'm just gonna kind of leave it up in the air. But it was Whispers in the Dark. It's the first movie I got here for Deborah Kara Unger, and it was about uh, Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. Oh yeah, he plays a great bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally remember him in that now. But Whispers in the Dark starred a lot of famous people, and it starred mainly, what was the girl's name from uh, from The Hand That Rocks the Cradle? She was really good. She was also in uh, Jungle Love. Or, uh, yeah. Uh, damn, what the hell was her name? Uh, Annabelle Shiara. She was also in The Sopranos, and she was one of the major forces that got uh, Harvey Weinstein convicted was Annabelle Shiora. Well, in Whispers in the Dark, she played a... Um, a therapist who was hearing like weird stuff. Uh, she was, she had like several different, um, some bad stuff was happening, and they had a lot of like, I hear weird stuff. Man, I must be a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a, she was dealing with people with weird sexual problems and weird dreams and everything. And Kara, uh, Deborah, uh, Kara Unger was one of them. And one of them was, uh, damn, I can't remember names today. What was our guy from, uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers, not Bob Hoskins, but the... Uh, Leguizamo? Uh, John Leguizamo, yeah. John Leguizamo was one of them. Alan Alda was her like mentor in the movie, who was an also a psychologist and everything, and she'd go and talk to him about what should I do about this type of situations because she's pretty sure Anthony LaPaglia was in it. So they're, they're developing like all these creepy characters that might possibly be the killer and everything, and they were like breaking in and threatening her, don't say anything about this, and you, you had you guessing until the very end, and then something happened at the very end which was so fucking shocking that I was like, well, the movie was pretty good. The movie was like an eight through the whole thing. And then the ending happened and it made it a 10 just for the ending. And I remember seeing it several times in the theater, just waiting for that ending. I remember playing it for dad. I had it at the, uh, at his house. And I said, you gotta watch this movie, man. I said, this movie is crazy. And, uh, yeah, Deborah Kara Unger, she just made a career out of playing that like half in and out of it kind of junkie type. Sunshine roles, man. was the space one. Or yeah, was the, she was the space that one. Was good. Yep. It, she was good in that. that uh, it had had, it had 10 minutes. I wish they had taken it out. Yeah. Plus it copied the Rent Horizon. Yeah, that was the problem with me. If a Rent Horizon didn't exist, I would be a lot more. Uh, they really, would, 
three they, or four scenes they sort of ripped right. Yeah, I mean, it was really close to Event Horizon, uh, like him getting thrown out of the airlock and all that stuff. Uh, Deborah Kerr Unger was also in Highlander The Final Dimension, which was one of my least favorite Highlander movies, but I mean, it, w- it was decent. It wasn't as good as one and two. Uh, like I said, Crash, she was great. She was James Spader's wife in it, who they had that weird thing where uh, I'm we're having like an open relationship and uh, you go do uh, you go have sex with people that are probably not healthy for you and I'm going to do the same type of thing. It was just the crash was filled with like fucked up people. Uh, but the game and payback, definitely my favorite of yeah. her roles. I loved uh, Salt and Sea. She also played a junkie in that movie. That movie uh, is another one that if like the, I don't know if the ending was satisfying enough. The Salt and Sea? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, it's almost like Gattaca. Like the ending of oh, Gattaca. That was the worst. Was oh, like, I hated that I ending, liked that man. movie. But yeah, the up until the ending, and you were like, wait, this is how they're going to do it? They're going <laughs> to run together on the beach? What the and fuck? Swim. They were like swimming out. Oh, my God. It was so bad. <laughs> it ruined it for me. But it's it's weird that all, all her movies are movies where you could tell she plays a fucked up person. Like 13. 13 was about the, uh, uh, what's her name from um, from Westworld, uh, the the main girl, uh, Ray, Ray, Evan Adrian, Evan. Is it Evan Rachel Wood? No, <laughs> Rachel, Rachel Evan Wood. Wood. Is it what's her first name? Rachel Evan Wood. Rachel Evan Wood. Yeah, that's what I thought. And uh, she was fabulous in it, but it was about just an unruly thirteen-year-old. Her mother was a uh, Holly Hunter, and uh, they uh, just kind of their life together and how fucked up she was. And Deborah Unger was in it. Um, Hurricane. Also, I haven't seen Hurricane like in a long Which one time. Is that? that was the one about uh, uh, the boxer with uh, Denzel Washington. I remember the one that. Uh, What's his name? Uh, wrote the folk song about. Okay, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. You really yeah, you're gonna be. I'm, names my names are off today, man. I don't know what it is. It's usually pretty. I good. didn't have my coffee until late. I screwed my coffee. And then up. you got. Then you got poor people coffee. <laughs> That's Maxwell. <laughs> I know, man. I need. Paul's to, not used to poor people take, coffee. Take a sip here. <laughs> He's used to. But Deborah Carringer, man, look her look her face up, man. People or check our Facebook page. You can see a picture of her on there because you'll recognize her, and she's been in a lot of movies, you know. All right, this next chick, and uh, these next three, they've been in, like, they're super famous, these next three people, but they've only been in a, a small amount of movies. It, what, I think most of them to me, are, they just do TV. Yeah, that's what it is, too. They've, they've gone to TV. isn't that the, the dream job of any real actor? I mean, you could be a movie star, but if you just want to... I think when you're middle-aged, it's the perfect job. When you're younger, you, you want family. that. You're, you're younger, you want yeah, that life. You want to go on location. You want to be on you red wanna, carpets. And you yeah, be, you want to go to Africa and film this shit and that shit. But then it gets Matt Damon. Yeah, then it gets old after a while, though, you know? And you're like... And and then when you're that good of an actor where you can be like, I'll do it, but I only film in New York, and I want to be home every night, and this and that. So, And a lot of people do that. Seems like what Scorsese does. Yeah, or like like Pacino or something something. like that. Pacino's like, I'm too old for this crap, man. I will do your movie, but I'm going to do it this way. I want to sleep in my own bed at the end of the day. I mean, that's how Kubrick was after a while with his movie. He's like, I'm only doing him in Britain. If you're going to do my movie, you're going to come here, because I want to be able to do this and then go home afterwards. Uh, But our next girl here. 32 flicks under her uh, her belt, and this is the great Dinah Mayer, man. I always love Dinah Mayer, man. You have a crush on redheads. Yeah, man, I do like the redheads. My wife's a redhead. And uh, she was really good, man. I always loved her from the, from the get-go. I do not have a crush on the redheads. Although she was very cute. Oh, I loved her. So wh- what do you usually go I mean, to when you think Dinah Mayer? movie on there. What's I don't... That? Uh, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah, I love. I don't rem- Starship Troopers. remembered enough about Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, I've she was it. great. That was. I don't the remember first enough about Dragonheart. Dragonheart's with when Sean Connery. Sean was Connery the does the voice. Yeah, yeah. It's been oh, a while Dennis Quaid. So I, good, man. I don't know who character she was in Nemesis. Was she made up? Yeah, she was one of the, uh, the green uh, or blue. Yeah, what was it in Nemesis? I think it was Romulan. She was a Romulan in that. She okay. wouldn't even recognize her for was Saw. It? 
Uh, who was she? She was great. She was the detective. She was one of the detectives okay. that was uh, working with like uh, and Danny Piranha. And Piranha, damn, I wanted. I haven't seen Piranha. This was the newer Piranha, 2010. I want to say she was also one of the cops in there, but she might have been one of the mo- moms in that too. That's another one of those things that scare you as a kid, like quicksand. Oh yeah, that you never. The Piranhas. There are piranhas in there. I just yeah, think the toy. The toy. Yeah. <laughs> there is no piranhas in here. <laughs> Look, no piranhas. <laughs> and it shreds his pants. Then he has to run across the water like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but going back, Johnny Mnemonic was the first thing I saw her in. I, I love Johnny Mnemonic. That was the weird movie with Keanu Reeves where he... It, it looks back then in '95, it was futuristic, you yeah, know. But looking no, back it's now, it's cheesy. just like cheesy as hell. And basically, Johnny Mnemonic was a courier, but he uh, he dropped memory. Space. He dropped memory from his brain, and, and you could download information in it. So information crimes were like the big thing. So he would go into a room with like everyone's got shotguns and everything, and then they just download information into his head, and he has to go from like the Chinese uh, people all the way over to like the Russian people and drop information on them. And apparently, he's got information. Like he's he's overloading. You can't you can keep only drop so much. He dropped his childhood yeah. and everything. I and do remember. There that. was a huge underground kind of element in this movie. And uh, Diner Mayer was like part of the underground. He, she was the one that found Johnny. And Johnny's like, I got to get the shit out of my head. And he's like, he's like almost losing it. He's like loose uh, loose knees, kind of dropping on the street, kind of. Uh, that he really he he's like physically being affected by all this memory that he's got in his head, so he's got to dump it. And she's the one that brings him to Henry Rollins, who plays I like Henry Rollins the plays the doctor. <laughs> he's got his glasses on and his he's white his coat, coat, and he, he's the one who's getting all the expedition out. Man, I've never seen so much information on someone. We need got to get this out of here. Do you know what you're carrying? You and, uh, remember uh, Dolph Lundgren played the crazy street preacher. Who like while yeah, Keanu was, was good. while Keanu was on the table Couple with Henry Rollins types like, of roles for people that wouldn't normally play yep. that role, but she was great in it. She was like the right hand uh, person of uh, Keanu Reeves. She ended up taking him to uh, Ice T. Ice T was kind of the leader of the underground at one end of town. You had to go to and everything, and that's how it kind of always is, I guess, with the rebellion. Uh, she was great in that, but yeah, Starship Troopers, man. Ah. I love Starship Troopers, man. Every time I talk Starship Troopers, I want to go home and watch it. It's if you like Paul Verhoeven, if you like Robocop and uh, Total Recall. Pat Oswalt hosted a viewing party of that. Really? And then like someone told Pat, and he's like, "Well, the other comedian's gonna come up and talk about Starship Troopers in depth." He's like, "Depth? That movie had no depth." Oh. He's like, "That movie? He, he, no, he loves it. He yeah, said yeah, it's yeah. the greatest movie." He's like, "But that movie could end like anywhere from." the last 40 minutes at any point and you'd be like oh that's a pretty good movie I disagree with that <laughs> I love every moment of Starship Troopers I mean you gotta be into weird sci-fi with the bugs and the hunting them and everything but the way they did that with uh, the futuristic wanna know more swipe here or push here yeah it and, was almost like Fox News style yeah like like, and it was that small group of ragtag group. You know, you had uh, Jake Busey and Casper Von Dion, who did nothing basically besides this. And Dinah Mayer was uh, one of them. Also, what was the girl with the big eyes? From, Didn't a friend uh, Wild of yours Things. see it in the theater? With yeah, my friend Werger went and saw. It. Uh, I guess Casper Von Dion, the star of Starship Troopers, just lived down in uh, Punta Gorda. His parents live in Punta Gorda, which is like right next to Port Charlotte, where uh, me and my friend uh, Werger went to high school, and my mom lives right now. And. Uh, they were having a viewing of it at uh, the movie theater, and it was hardly anyone there. And then 
he's in the he's in line. He's like Casper Von D, and everyone's coming over and getting pictures with him and everything. And uh, Werger, they make you pay to see your uh, own movie. I think they should not. He probably pay. paid, but he was bringing his parents there and everything. So he sat through the theater, and he would yell out in the theater anytime. There like he is. when he was making out with Diner Mayer, he was screaming, "Yeah!" And, and then uh, <laughs> when he busted the beer out, uh, Werger said he shouted out again, and then he shook everyone's hands and he That's got cool. him to sign his. Uh, this was before like cell phones mm-hmm. and everything, so he didn't get a picture with him, but he got his him to sign his uh, ticket stub and everything, and it was fun. They had cell phones in '97. But I love that movie, man. I, I love uh, her arc of like always wanting to kind of be with Casper Von Dien, but he always had eyes for uh, Denise Richards, and Denise Richards went off the to be a pilot. Is, is you, if you score low on your transcripts, <laughs> you get put in the grunts. Well, it's crazy because I mean, who turns down Dinah Mayer? I mean, Dinah Mayer is, is is gorgeous. I mean, she's gorgeous, and. Uh, She's being thrown to the side like she's kind of like the uh, the milkman's. The, the, the weird thing about that movie, there was I mean, there was a lot weird about that movie. First of all, the bugs are great. Oh, the special effects on those bugs, yeah, man, they were so great. good. Rug, um, what's his name? The drill instructor. Oh, Michael Ironside, man, That's fucking awesome. Another one of his losing uh, losing movie. his arm type movies, man. But he was the one that got he demoted himself so he could go fight, and he's yeah. the one that ended up catching the brain bug. Remember? Yep. And Diner Mayer, she ends up dying. She gets tearing apart, but it was like right before uh, she ended up finally uh, hooking up, with finally him. hooking up with Casper Von Dien, and that was like her last word. She's like, "It's all right. At least I got to have you." And then died in his arms. You're like, "Holy crap!" So I felt bad Doogie for her. Doogie was great. In that Doogie, movie. Doogie was great in that. Uh, I love the guy from uh, the guy who played Quato from Total Recall, who was the uh, who was the military the guy that was guard, hiding the bad guard from Shawshank. Oh yeah, Clancy Brown. He's the one who busted himself down the private. Yeah, he's the Do one. Do you get it. me? <laughs> I just watched him the other day. I watched uh, the old Bad Boys, the one with Sean Penn, when Sean Penn had to go to prison, and Clancy Brown was like the uh, the scumbag in jail that was like threatening oh, to yeah, rape yeah, him yeah. and everything. And he got his in that movie, man. He was great. But yeah, Diner Mayer, man. She's she's gorgeous. She's she's fabulous in all these movies and everything. She should have been a huge star, but just kind of made a career of doing these little small things. And I'm guessing she's on TV now, so. 32 Flicks, Dinah Mare. This next one. I love yep. this next girl, man. She's so great. <laughs> what uh, should I do, Garth? <laughs> get over it. Get move over on. it. Move on. Move <laughs> on. <laughs> yep. Uh, Laura Flynn Boyle, 36 films, man. And she's definitely done a lot of TV. She's done one of me and Dave's favorite shows of Twin Peaks. She, oh, got, she got super famous for that. And that's basically what she was became famous for Donna. first, man. But I, I always had a crush on Laura Flynn Boyle, man. And uh, I... I pulled some pictures up when I was pulling pictures up for the uh, for the uh, compilation. Man, she had some like bad when I watched bad plastic surgery yeah, kind of stuff yeah. happen to her. So when I went back and watched Fire Walk with Me, mm-hmm. Donna was played by the the girl that did the cutting ice, edge, cutting yep, edge, yep. yeah, and it's she weird. did great, yeah. She was a perfect Donna. And yeah, it's weird that she did that. But the first movie I probably saw Lara Flynn Boyle was the first one one on here, which is Poltergeist Three. And I I had a big crush on her on Poltergeist Three. That I was the one in the big high rise building with yeah. Tom Skerritt and uh, Nancy Allen was in it. And uh, that was the last one that uh, that Heather O'Rourke did before she died. So that movie was strange. It, it was like ripe with like horrible stuff happening in that movie. But I always thought that it was whole, creepy that whole, as hell. Uh, that whole series. That whole series was fucked. Bad karma. Uh, Poltergeist 3 doesn't get Don't any love, Don't build a house man. on an Indian. <laughs> no, it's probably that's a good thing not to do. 
But there was a major creepy element. Justin would uh, attest to this because I know he's a fan of Poltergeist 3 also. That There was some creepy-ass moments in Poltergeist 3. The next movie, a lot of people don't know of. I own it, and I love it, man. How I Got Into College. This was the the third in the Savage Steve Holland trilogy. Savage Steve Holland is, is Better, off dead, Better yeah. off dead in One Crazy Summer, and then he did How I Got Into College. Those were the three That's movies. I'll have to lend it to you. Uh, uh, he's one of my favorites. It's really good. It's got everybody. It's like it's got Booger is in it. So everybody <laughs> from Eka? those movies. He's at the beach collecting shells. He's in all three of Savage Steve Holland movies. Uh, obviously, he's got my best lines in Better Off Dead. Yeah, oh, when he Better was trying Off to Dead. score drugs, he ruled the whole time. He ruled Better Off Dead. But uh, <laughs> I, use, I use I uh, use go that way real fast. <laughs> yeah. If something gets in your way, turn. <laughs> uh, Savage Steve Holland had a uh, kind of fallout with our main guy from uh, Better Off Dead. What's his name? C- Cusack. Yeah, John Cusack, man. John Cusack didn't. Uh, you have dementia it, early. You have early onset dementia. It's my coffee, man. I'm just not going to be able to get my names here right today. Because <laughs> I've already had to give you four names, and that's four more than 155. <laughs> hey, man, episodes. I don't get credit for the other 20 that I did come up with. So I only get credit for the ones. Well, that we're I talking about forgetting names. <laughs> Not, well, let's move. Let's move the conversation them. to man. He remembered all the. He remembered Tom Skerritt from Both Guys Three. <laughs> but yeah, John Cusack had a falling out. I guess he wanted Better Off Dead to be better than it was. But I guess he had a contract with him to do One Crazy Summer, so he wasn't like fully involved with One Crazy Summer. Which I mean, it kind of feel bad. Kind of fit the character's persona. Yeah, a laid back character. I don't know what you expected from uh, what Better Off from? Dead. Yeah, Better Off Dead was perfect. It's one of the best cult '80s movies ever, man. And <laughs> so he didn't come back for a, Sorry, uh, how I got into college. Up, <laughs> but how I got in college was really good. It dealt with just uh, dealing with like the um, getting into college, get, getting into college, and dealing with those uh, one of those uh, um, type of things. Recruitment. Yeah, the recruitment, recruitment and everything. And when they try to, that was one of the most memorable scenes where I think. Uh, Curtis Armstrong, who plays Booger, I think he plays a preacher. You need to go to the Bible college, and he plays this like extraordinary like preacher, and uh, it's really fun. Uh, also for Laura Flynn Boyle, some of the random ones. Obviously, Wayne's World's a big one. Men in Black Two, she had a really big she role in really it. She was really skinny in that movie. I yeah, remember. she got really skinny later in life. Like super uh, skinny. One of the most random, very similar to how random Whispers in the Dark. I'm telling you, the early '90s. If you want to talk thrillers, early '90s had it in spades and the temp was a huge early 90s thriller that was the one with uh timothy hutton and um timothy hutton had a uh a, somebody who was his secretary ends up something horribly happened and laura flynn boyle had to step in and laura flynn boyle was obsessed with timothy hutton to the point where she was killing people just to kind of get close to him to get the job and then once she was there she was like terrorizing him and everything so she played this cool cool villain in the movie hmm. That was right after Wayne's World, which was which was clever because in Wayne's World she played kind of a psychotic, a, a psychotic ex-girlfriend who was amazing in that. I loved her in that. Uh, she was in Mobsters. I haven't seen Mobsters in a while. Do you remember that? The one with Richard Barely. Grieco and uh, Christian Slater was in it. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. the who's who of famous kind of like 20-something it was, guys. It was uh, Meyer Lansky. Meyer Lansky. It wasn't as good as it was. Uh, I thought it was going to be, but that was back in the day. I have to uh, revisit it. I know uh, F. Murray Abraham kind of played the guy that was showing him the ropes in it, and I do like him in that. Uh, she was in Do- Dead Poet Society. She was in The Rookie. That was one of those random Clint Eastwood movies that no one ever talks about, the one with him and Chuck Sheen, mm-hmm. uh, which was it was always pretty good. Uh, happiness. And, and then there's Happiness. Which you, who was she in Happiness? She was creepy, man. She was creepy. She, she was, was like one of the ones that was. Uh, she was talking on the phone. She was doing like a lot of phone sex with Philip Seymour Hoffman, 
and not, remember I told you this, there's a scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman just like jerks off on camera and they, it's like right off camera but you see him like you see him like spooge on like the wall and that was the whole thing with happiness happiness was an uncomfortable movie from the beginning to the end where there was like a three minute scene where it was just philip seymour hoffman scraping the come off the wall with like a card just to try to get it off the wall and just get it in like disposing of it and everything and you're like what i'm watching it and she was on the other end and she kind of got I think people were prank calling her, but she was enjoying the hell out of it. And then she really got into it. And she would, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman would keep calling her and everything. This was a comedy, supposedly. Was it? Satirical, for sure. But, I mean, it was a difficult movie to go through, man. I can't. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I haven't revisited it. I remember I bought it because it was, I hadn't seen it. And people were like, it had rave reviews and everything. And then I had ended up buying it. And I was like, well, I have to give this movie away or do something because I'm certainly not going to keep it in my collection. It's that kind of weird and difficult movie. And I'll never watch it again. You don't want to die with that movie in the. I'm like, oh, yeah, happiness. The, I've seen that no, in people's not collections. Even, like that movie in the DVD player. I've like, seen it in people's movie? collections on their rack before when I, back in the day when I used to visit places. They says, you own happiness, huh? Is there, is what's, it, what's your favorite part from happiness? I was going to say, <laughs> is there a movie out there that if you saw it in someone's collection you would immediately never be friends with them no probably never but i would definitely question their taste happiness happiness (laughs) would definitely be happiness Uh, i mean because i own a lot of fucked up movies i think a lot of people would probably do that with my movies like i own kids i own bully i I own some of those those difficult movies movies well the way we feel about happiness i think a lot of people feel about kids a lot of people have a bad fucking feeling uh like a gut-wrenching feeling when they watch kids but they just did a bunch of drugs and yeah, crazy shit, right? But there was some stuff where, like, he was he was, one of them got AIDS. One of them had sex once and uh, got tested with her friend who had had sex like thirty times, and the girl who had sex once got AIDS. And then at a party, mm-hmm. someone was someone was raping her, and you knew she had AIDS. So you're like, hey, at least he gets what he's got coming to him and everything. But you, it, it was very difficult to watch. And the kid, the kids in the movie were all of age, like Chloe Savani and Rosera Dawson. Oh, look at me pulling those names out. Yeah. <laughs> now he's gonna now he's gonna pass up in the back. Every time. <laughs> I gotta right. drinking more coffee. I'm drinking my brain juice now. Uh, <laughs> I'm back, baby. <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of what had problem with it is they were playing like 16, but they were actually like 19 or 20, and you were watching them in these scenes, yeah. and you were like, we're supposed to think. It was like the same thing with 13 when you're watching Evan Rachel Wood uh, playing this 13 year old. She might have actually been 13 in that movie, but. She wasn't doing uh, any. Uh, she wasn't having sex or seeing that. I think kids had some nude scenes in it, and it was very difficult. But Laura Flynn Boyle, she did not shy away from that stuff. I'm, I'm sure she does TV now. Uh, but yeah, like I said, man, she had some bad plastic surgery. Maybe it's kind of settled, you know. I've seen people with that, like Renee Zelliger. Remember when she had her fucking uh, oh. plastic surgery and she looked horrible? And then she just won for the the Judy movie, and she looked great. She looked just like she well, always did. She got rid of her lip filler. That's the only thing that bothers me. Yeah, it was and weird when like we first saw her bee, though. Stung, bee stung lips. Yeah, it's... but she had such a distinct look. Remember, she had that squint, squinchy face yeah. look. But with, I always thought she was cute, you know. And like Jerry Maguire, she was cute as hell. She was cute in Empire Records. Yeah, I'm not and sure then she why had a... some actresses feel the need to well when she had her work stuff. done i was like she looks like rashada mitchell i saw a picture and this is a little bit off topic but i saw a picture of this famous star with no makeup on and she was so much more beautiful than oh she yeah has makeup on. that happens Christina man. aguilera really she has freckles yeah. and brown eyes and all her she took all, look at look up naked selfie i guess is what they call them uh-huh. and christina aguilera 
A lot of people do that. And a lot of people, I there's so much I don't, my wife wears very little makeup and I love it. I think Maria she, she wears one, a little too. She yeah. wears like, I think she likes eyeliner just to have her eyes pop a little my more. My girl will only it. put it on if she's leaving the house and it's very minimum and everything. I think she can, my wife can definitely pull it off uh, as someone who can uh, wear very little makeup. I've had friends though, uh, one in particular that I lived with before that I had never seen without makeup until I lived with her and I saw without makeup and she was a completely different person. Really? That, that and she had like the biggest acne problem you've ever seen and that's probably one of the reasons a lot of people will wear a lot of makeup, you know, to cover the yeah. acne. But uh, Andrew wore a lot of makeup. Yeah. If I can remember. Yeah, some people just like it, but some people don't need it, man. Some people don't need it at all. Uh, Can't be good for your skin. All right, this next girl, also another uh, lady that she's wins the she's list of the uh, she wins the list of the lowest amount of movies on here. She gets the twenty four, and the next girl is going to be the most. So we'll she start. She did a lot of leading roles. To, yeah, this to. is uh, Madeline Stowe. Uh, they would throw her in movies and everything. Leading roles, yeah. I mean, she played the wife in a lot of things like that. Uh, definitely more than like uh, she's playing the bank teller and stuff like that yeah. for sure. And uh, so, Madeline Stowe, what, what do you remember? What do you think of most when you think of Madeline Stowe in these lists? Uh, Stakeout and the Two Jakes and Last of Mohicans. Man. Really, you don't go Twelve Monkeys, huh? No, God, man, I, mean, I go Twelve Monkeys the, for sure. Yeah. Uh, later on, but I I remember just seeing oh, and Unlawful Entry. That's uh, the one when Kurt. Russell, right? Kurt Russell and yeah. uh, Ray Liotta, man. Ah, Unlawful Entry is such a great movie, man. That is also early 90s thriller, man. She was kind man. of the, the quintessential wife. Yep. In the but she was like the smart the, kind of, yeah. uh, the smart wife that you, uh, she didn't play dumb much. You know, on in movies when she, you kind of assumed, uh, maybe it's the way she carried herself, or the way she looked, you assumed she was smart. You know, and that's why I thought she was perfect in 12 Monkeys of coming in and playing that psychiatrist and, and knowing all that stuff. Uh, I loved Stakeout, man, but I recently watched another Stakeout. Man, I might, I might like another Stakeout even more because of Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell ruled that fucking movie, man. So much fun. Which you can't say very often. Uh, yeah, you can't. And Madeline Stowe did a small role in the middle beginning of that movie where she just, she, it's funny, she came in just to set up the thing that she's leaving uh, Richard Dreyfus. Because remember the uh, the premise of uh, Stakeout, the first Stakeout is Milo Estevez with his mustache. You don't get to see him in his mustache other than uh, Mission Impossible. Uh, remember him in Mission on, Impossible? They killed him off in the beginning. Work? What's that? No, he didn't have mustache in Men at Work, but I love Men at Work. Uh so stakeout was uh, Richard Dreyfus and Emilio Estevez had to stake this woman out who was going to be killed by uh, Aiden Quinn, and uh, Richard Dreyfus ended up falling in love with her. And it was a fun movie. Aiden it was Quinn. a good thriller. Was he in Desperately uh, Seeking Susan? Aiden Quinn, man, he might have been. He actually might have been. I don't hear much about Aiden Quinn. He was in Avalon. Uh, Damn, what else was Aiden Quinn in? I'm not even sure. I know there's a famous one that he always kind of struck me like an Eric Roberts type of character, like a little bit more sophisticated Eric Roberts. What? <laughs> he was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, another stakeout. I loved. I love. I think Rosie O'Donnell ruled that thing. I love the two Jakes, and I haven't seen it in forever, man. That was the sequel to Chinatown, and a lot of people forget about the two Jakes. Had Eli Wallach in it, and obviously Jack Nicholson was awesome in it. Unlawful Entry, though, man, I love that movie. That might be my favorite Madeline Stone movie, just because it was like a normal couple with a normal life that just got harassed by this one cop <coughs> that got obsessed with Madeline Stowe and just would do whatever it takes. Aiden you know? Quinn. Aiden Quinn was he in? Uh, mm -hmm. He was in that. Nice. He was the star. One of the. One of the stars. One of the stars. He's like he's he's the third billing. So. 
Uh, Mel and Stowe was also in Revenge, which I haven't seen forever, 1990. That was the Kevin Costner one with Anthony Quinn. <laughs> well, Full circle, man. Uh, and I don't remember Revenge. I do own it because I remember uh, seeing it for like super cheap, and I was like, I remember that being somewhat good, so I might have to go check that out later. General's uh, Daughter. Was that the one? With uh, Travolta. Yeah, the Travolta. Wasn't he uh, something horrible had happened? He was coming and investigating it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I'd only seen it once. We Were Soldiers. That was the one that, uh, we that were was soldiers the Mel Gibson was, one. was great. Yeah. Um, I always confuse that with The Patriot, which is weird because they two totally different wars. What, was we, we Were, were soldiers, soldiers? Was it was, World War Two? No, it was either... I think it was the very beginning of the Vietnam War. Basically, they were the first. I remember the to beginning. Use the the beginning was like a fire They were first fight. to use the helicopters. Yeah. Well, the, the whole thing was one scene. Really? I mean, after the so there's boot camp, or not boot camp, but like deployment before yeah. they got deployed, and then so they were the helicopter unit. Yeah. Like they were going to be the ones. That's that, all I remember. And the first is, time they ever used it. Yeah. I just remember them getting like in like they a, got dropped off into this valley. Attack, yeah, and they underestimated. He the lost force. half the cast in that opening scene there. Yeah, <laughs> and it was. I mean, it was crazy because they were surrounded on all sides, and air support was like dropping bombs on them by accident, and yeah. they showed like people getting napalm. I remember liking it. I don't remember loving it. I don't know what it was. Was it a little bit like Americana kind yeah, of like cheesy like, stuff? You know. Yeah, had the hero moment in the. Anytime I think of those moments, I think of the uh, the old guy from Fargo in Saving Private Ryan. We got to get him the hell out of there. there. <laughs> That's what I think of. I was like, I don't need that. It's like sappy that first, shit. That first scene in Saving Private Ryan. I go past could, it every time. Yeah, there's there's never a time where I will watch that. While I will watch around that the graveyard. Scene. Yeah, and, and when it's over, it's over. I'm like, oh, yeah. they don't need that bookend. And I I get Spielberg wants it and everything, but it's not really important. Uh, I want to mention Blink here. Do you remember what that is? She was blind in that movie, and it was like a thriller. Do you blink and, when you're uh, blind? I don't know. I don't know what the reason for Blink was. I guess it just related to her eyes. But she was blind through the whole movie, and she was being hunted bound by a killer and everything. And I remember being clever, and I liked to see her playing that blind If you're going to get hunted by a killer, you shouldn't be blind. Yeah, I mean, That's it goes right back to the... Uh, I'm surprised they don't do that more. I mean, wait until dark. Wait until dark. Um, wait until dark worked beautifully. I mean, what other movies is there with, like, uh, blind people being terrorized? That uh, and Blink is all I can think of. What is it? The guy that had the uh, yellow yeah, beard. They kept stealing John his money. Cleese? Remember, he had the he had the coin on the string. Yeah, so that was the John Cleese, man. Yeah, he never got the money. <laughs> so he's being terrible. What was his name? Pew? I think it was Pew. He, when he go like this? Yeah, yeah. You can hear, hear the, the bell, ringing. The ringing. <laughs> Marty Freeman. Uh, all right, let's go to the big one of the big dogs <laughs> one here. One crocodile. One crocodile. No one knows Yellow Beard. <laughs> That's one of those <laughs> random movies. They had so many. Good, what happened to these guys? Plague. They have swords in them. They fell on They them. fell on it. <laughs> yeah, if I had to make a list of like top 10 random movies that most movie uh, fans would like, or most movie fans would we like but don't know about, about. those are like Remo Williams. Mm-hmm. I have a site where I'll, uh, I shouldn't say it, but I have a site where I can steal audio clips on. And it, it's very limited. Most of my audio clips, I actually have to put a, um, uh, a DVD on and I'll put my recorder right next to it. And that's how I'll get my clips from the beginning of the stuff. Giving away secrets. Uh, well, I ain't giving no. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell them how far I hold the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the recorder. Well, well I'm not going to. I, I do that when it's, it's easy. If I can find them, I got two websites that I'll go to that has like 300 movies. And they're all movies like you would expect them to be. They would have like uh, E.T., clips from E.T., clips from the biggest movies ever, and Remo Williams. And I was like, why would they put clips from Remo Williams? I'm glad they did. And it's only like five of them, but it seems like the most <laughs> random movie of all to be just stuck in there. Uh, all right. Here's our, our big Chun's dog here. your number. <laughs> Yeah, our big dog, 124 movies, and sometimes we've done these character actor lists, and it's been 250, 300. So, so 124 is a lot. Very distinct looking too. Very distinct, and she's does, and she's 
her look has completely changed over the years, so she can play a different type of lady now, and it's really great. And this is the incredible Mary Warnoff. Yep. Now, when you think Mary Warnoff, you gotta think, uh, you gotta think old school B movies. Yep. Those uh, Roger Corman movies. She's probably been in thirty Roger rock Corman and roll movies. High school is what I first love. Back rock to. and roll high. School. I loved her in Death Race two thousand. Death Race is two thousand is usually what I think that. of. She That's was. She was one of the guy, uh, women that was with Frankenstein. Uh, uh, I'm like Johnny Mnemonic. I had to download some of my movie <laughs> yeah. remembrances. Oh, man. Rewatch Death Race 2000. It is funny. It is campy. It's one of Roger Corman's best movies. It's a great scene where she has probably been nude in most of her movies. There's Hank, Hank uh, and the Devil. Uh, oh, man. The, the what? Oh, Hank. Yeah. I was like, who's <laughs> Hank? I was like, oh, it's the donkey. He's <laughs> the demon donkey. The demon donkey. <laughs> She's probably been in a, Mary Warnoff's probably been in a movie with a demon doggy. <laughs> I'm just saying right now. That last movie could have been. Um, there's a movie on here that we never get to talk about that Ooh. I really like. You what? could put it on that obscure list, and that's the not one from 1984. When we were just got Oh, cable, yeah, man. They had this movie. PG-13. Called, it was one of the few PG-13 Night of the movies. Comet. Yep. And I, I thought the premise was great. Yep. The, the comet happened, and almost everybody died except... A, a few people. people. It was a zombie movie, but it was a very low-key zombie movie, yeah. you know? They didn't have a lot of money, I don't think, to be able I to do it. I just thought it was the premise of them being able to go into the, all the shops yep. and then and pick the out the guns empty. they want, and yep. they were, like, shooting the Uzis. That's, I remember that scene movie. at the end where they're waiting to cross the street, and they're like, why are you waiting to cross the street? We're the only people here. Yeah, yeah. And she walks out in the middle of the street, and, and the car, car almost hits her. Yeah. <laughs> and she ends up leaving with that car. So, yeah, she plays one of, like, the bounty hunters in that movie, because she's a badass. That's what we should put out right now. Mary Warner always plays a badass she she's nude in a lot of movies but she is the one who's strapping with a gun shooting my favorite thing with her and it's probably hollywood boulevard i love hollywood boulevard man i went on like a deep dive of uh roger corman movies and uh <coughs> hollywood boulevard Which was actually all, co-directed by joe dante so John, joe dante famous obviously for the twilight zone movie and for uh burbs and uh, The Howling, what, what's Inner Space. Uh, Joe Dante's done a lot of great, uh, fantastic movies, but he did an early movie with uh, his partner. I can't remember his name. He was also the guy who did Rock and Roll High School together. And Hollywood Boulevard is all about a girl who has just showed up in Hollywood, went to Dick Miller's office, and Dick Miller says, I can get you into the pictures and everything, and uh, gets her in these <laughs> low-budget movies. Come over to this couch first. <laughs> God, man, it, it was so funny. It's it was just campy as hell. Just totally campy. They didn't give a shit. It was all about explosions and guns and TNA. And so basically, sorry, Death Race 2000 Michael, was the same thing, Bay? too. What's that? You talking about Michael Bay? Down? No, man. He didn't have a lot of nudity in his movies, though. He definitely had explosions and stuff. But this was like <laughs> this, this random women with their tops off for no reason whatsoever. You ever, you ever see that South Park when they have to get the find a director to do oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah. thing and they and were Michael like Bay. they have Michael Bay it's like then we'll go <laughs> and then we'll go <laughs> and then and then they have uh, Mel Gibson in and Mel Gibson gives like a perfect speech yeah, he's yeah. like say what you want about Mel Gibson but he sure knows <laughs> he sure knows plot structure <laughs> Uh, okay, going back to Mary Warnoff, I also love Eating Raw Wool. And also oh, a very that's a crazy movie if you want to just Crazy, funny, campy movie something to with somebody. her and Paul Bartel. Paul Bartel, also a really famous uh, Roger Corman actor who became a, a lot of people. Anytime I want to um, get people to know who Paul uh, Bartel is, he was the guy from Usual Suspects that they met at the airport. Yeah, the port. 
the guy. <laughs> the, the cops met the him at the seat. airport, and he was going to sell diamonds or yeah, something like diamonds. that. And then they end up setting the whole uh, police thing on fire, and he had to escape. He's like a bald guy with a beard. He was someone who was doing. He played a doctor in uh, in Death Race 2000. Uh, he was the. He was also in Hollywood Boulevard as one of the directors. So Mary Warnoff. He might even. I almost want to say they were married in real life. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think Mary Warnoff and Part Bell. Well, you said married. you almost want to say it. I you almost did. want to say it. I, I feel like I have heard that before. Uh, well, they played a couple in Eating Raw Wool where they were end up. Uh, they would invite people for sex parties, and then they would kill them, and then they sold the body to this guy named Raul, who would put it in like food and sell it to people. It was just this comedy. It was funny as hell, man. I loved it. Uh, a couple other ones on here. One of my favorite campy movies from the 80s, campy horror movies, Terror Vision. Uh, super funny. Chopping Mall. Warlock. I mean, these movies are great. The last I'm one not sure who one... she plays. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm building to that. Okay. <laughs> Let it ride. She just played a small role as somebody in like the bar that uh, Richard Dreyfuss hung out with. Uh, Dick Tracy. I don't know who the hell she played in Dick Tracy. I, I really got to look that in, up. She could have been in makeup. Yeah, that's that's possible because so many people were in makeup in that. I'll have to pull up Dick Tracy, Mary Warnoff in uh, the images and see what I can see. Uh, but this last one, man, House of the Devil, probably one of my top. 10 horror movies from the 2000s without a doubt actually it is it was done in the spirit of the 80s uh not a lot of blood a lot of jumps and a lot of scares and everything but there there were bloody scenes in it but they were like really small like when the uh when that girl got shot in the face at the beginning of the movie oh my god basically a babysitter showed up at this uh old couple's house uh who put an ad out and she was about to uh they put a lot of old famous. Uh, this was the best example of someone going back and capturing a '70s feel. Yeah. To a yeah late '70s, early movie. '80s. The music, the uh, even, even the film the, stock, uh, the film stock, or even the uh, the credits at yeah. the beginning. They did that, and uh, they got a lot of the, and it helped getting a lot of these '70s actors the, because um, they got Mary. The title is kind of confusing. House like, of the Devil. Yeah. Like you, obviously, when you're done with it, you're like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense fine. when you see it. But like going into it. You go through like a bunch of the movie before you even try to wrap your head around yeah. what the title. We got has the to do uh, the great guy who played. Uh, she looks like Irene Cara, that actress, to me. Who's Irene Cara? The girl from Flashdance. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see her looking a little like that. Yeah, like she was cute. Exactly. She was great, wearing all her '70s outfits. Dee Wallace was like the oh, yeah. realtor at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Remember, she wanted to move into her uh, own place. She was a college student, wanted to move into her own place, didn't have money, but then saw the bulletin board where it said, "Hey, if you want to, uh, we got a babysitting gig. We need it for this night, and uh, we'll pay you two hundred dollars or something like that." And at the time period, it was a lot. So she called, she uh, and they got no answer, and then they called right back, and it was that really big guy from Manhunter. What was seems the, uh, too good to be true? What's the big guy from uh, Tom? Uh, Tom, uh, I'll let you take the I'll Noonan. You, Tom Noonan. Uh, he, he's literally he's creepy. He man. has the creepiest role on uh, on SVU. If you ever, oh really? I could see him. He's he creepy played a child molester that talked openly about. It, he's like he, six eight. He yeah, played uh, Frankenstein in Monster Squad. He was the bad guy in Manhunter. Uh, he was in Heat, that great guy. Where you get these ideas? They just it's come, come to, to me. I pulled him out of the air. He played Rodney Dangerfield's best friend in Easy Money. He, so he plays funny and creepy. So once she shows up at the house to do the babysitting gig, he's like, well, it's not exactly what we said it was going to be. Says, we don't have kids. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? And her friend was kind of sketched out about it. She's yeah. like, I'm going to I'm gonna hang out in town in my car. Bad and decision. It, and, and she's like, if, you, if it's not what you seem, call me and I'll come, uh, I'll, I'll come pick you back up. 
So she's in there and she's like, actually, what we need to go to this party, but we don't need you babysitting kid. We don't have kids. We have an elderly, our, my elderly mother. She's upstairs in the attic and she's not going to come down. You won't have any problems. I'll double your money. I said we we're going to give you 200. I'll give you 400. And I'm only going to need you for like five hours. And it's it was too, a, good, to too good of a too good to be true. So she, she took the deal. And then there's a... Uh, there's a scene where her friend is at outside the um, cemetery, and she's just waiting for her, and someone pops out at the window, and she gets scared shitless, and she's like, holy shit. She's like, where the hell did you come from? But he was really cool. And he was cool about her. He's like, oh, first. I just saw you here. I didn't want to scare you. I'm sorry. Do you have a light? And uh, he gives her a light for a cigarette and everything. And uh, he thinks it's the babysitter. He yeah. thinks it's the babysitter at uh, that came out to the house and everything. And when she revealed, he's like, wait, you're not the babysitter. And she's like, no, I'm not the babysitter. In the middle of the sentence, he picks up a gun and shoots her in the face Mm -hmm. and blood goes everywhere. And it shocks the audience. It's the first like major scene in the movie. That's very violent. Uh, and then the whole movie kind of plays out like that. And you realize that who is in the attic, you know, it's not a grandmother in the attic. And this whole thing was done as a ruse to like, get her there for some reason and everything. And it was very, satisfying at the end i always thought i i loved that movie man and mary warnoff i I guess we didn't really mention her she played the the creepy wife in that Mm -hmm. movie man uh and she aged in a certain way where she was really creepy man and she just came out and like oh this is the person we got here and everything and you could tell she just she was sizing her up through the whole movie and it was just creepy man I, i love it if you can find house of the devil check it out all right this next actress she, we grew up watching her. I loved her in that last movie uh, we have on this list as the voice. Uh, as she was uh, the, the she stylist. Was, uh, she was the one that uh, that hired him. That built the costumes and stuff. No, no, no. That was the director actually. Okay. That that's Brad Bird. A dude did that. Playing the uh, German. That, the German new capes. Yeah, that was for uh, the Incredibles <laughs> we're talking about. But before that, this is a, the uh, incredible Elizabeth Pena who left us very too soon. She she died a few years ago. She got ended up getting a little bit more famous on uh, Modern Family. She played, uh, I think, Jay's first wife or something. Uh, um, Al Bundy's first wife in that. But Elizabeth Pena did fifty one movies, man. One of my favorite. I always go to the same movie uh, when I think of her, and it's Jacob's Ladder. Oh, she's so good in Jacob's yeah. Ladder, man. The scene where she's dancing with the devil, mm-hmm. uh, with the demon on the uh, with, dance floor, and the, the strobe lights, and, the, and she's like, the tail is going between her legs, and then the horn comes out of her mouth, and uh, Tim Robbins freaks the fuck out in front of everybody. Uh, she was kind of a creepy character in that movie, but once you re- that's another movie. Once you realize what's going on, it all makes sense. Some of the movies she was also famous for. I loved her in Vibes. Vibes. Do you remember in Vibes? Mm-hmm. She's the one that uh, got thrown out the window by uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, remember, they finally get to the South American country, and they're, uh, that's the one where uh, she's she's about to have sex with uh, Jeff Goldblum, and then she tries to kill him, and she she ends up yeah. rushing at him mm-hmm. with a knife, and he moves to the side, and she flies over the balcony, and then uh, the, our guy Columbo comes and uh, says, it might have been a gang. He says, hey, they're good they're gangs. Good gangs. Our gangs, Alpha Alpha, Buckwheat. <laughs> <laughs> so she had a small role in that. Uh, she was down and out in Beverly Hills. She played the maid in that movie, and she was really, really funny in it. Uh, La Bamba in 1987. Also in 1987, Barry's not included. Man, when's the last time you saw that movie? Hmm. Barry's not included. I don't even remember it. Uh, Blue Steel. I love Blue Steel. That was a movie that I haven't seen forever, too, with Jamie Lee Curtis playing the cop, and Ron Silver was in that. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Gridlocked. I loved her in Gridlocked. She was one of the... Uh, people that was working at like um, the human affairs office and stuff and was just kept giving uh, Tupac shit when he tried to uh, get in there and she was just screaming at him I loved her in that 
uh, Rush Hour. She was great in Rush Hour. Uh, but The Incredibles, man, it might have been one of my favorite roles other than Jacob Slatter. She, yeah, she played the one that recruited him uh, when she contacted Mr. Incredible. She had like this really, really sexy voice. Uh, and she played that one character. It's like, Mr. Incredible, we need you to come here and save the world and everything. I'm not sure if she did the second one or if that was done after she had died, but... I love that first Incredibles. You see the second great. one? Mm-hmm. Second well, one's great too, good. man. Both of those so good. They're they're the Fantastic. And we've said this before. They're the Fantastic Four movies that we never get. You yeah. know, they screw up the Fantastic Four movies every time they try to do them, and they'll they'll do them again, and maybe they'll get them right. Maybe they'll hire Brad Bird to do them because he clearly knows how to do it. Uh, because the Incredibles basically is a ripoff of Fantastic Four. I mean, you got the Stretch Lady, you got uh, Holly I mean, Hunter, Holly Hunter, Mister Incredible is basically the thing. I mean, uh, and he was uh, the Flame, the kids like a flame uh uh the the real it was great baby. you got to see the other side of that phone call you didn't get to see the f- on what and the first one remember you remember she you heard one side from the babysitter that was watching the little oh kid? that's right that's right and but at the very end to see that you didn't at the whole th- you didn't get to see the, the <laughs> other jack side jack of the phone yeah call. yeah <laughs> i think there's something wrong <laughs> god i love that incredibles movie it's some great Action and music in that movie too, man. I love it. Yeah, Elizabeth Henry, we lost really, really young man. She she definitely put out a good uh, group of movies. Is there any ones we skipped over here for her? No, no they were really good. All right, this next lady and these next three, they, they were also actresses. She's my big crush for the list. Oh, the next one? Yeah, that's interesting. I never knew that. So these next three on actresses this list. on this list. Oh, on this list. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know who my crush is on this list. If we're gonna if we're gonna pull out a crush here, let me. Let me pull up uh, Maya. Maya probably did Maya. Maya, yeah. She's the redhead man. Uh, I like Angela Bassett a lot. We haven't talked about her yet. so. Uh, but uh, we're talking Ashley Judd. And like these next three mo- uh, actresses, they've they've floated between character actors and like leading actresses uh, for a little bit there. You know, Ashley Judd is the one we're talking about now, and she's been in 53 movies. And you kind of think of her as a big actress, but she really just comes on and does those kind of small roles here, man. The ones we're talking about here. Like, Cuffs, she was like a minor, minor mm-hmm. role. She just played one of the uniform officers, if I can remember correctly. Uh, and that's another movie a lot of people don't remember with Christian Slater and Tony Goldwyn. And, man, I loved Cuffs. Cuffs is just one of those fun-ass movies, man. Those fun comedies. One of those that movies that on. actually... the. Breaking the fourth wall worked. Yeah, breaking the fourth wall. The music was fun. The music was super fun. If you rewatch Cuffs, pay close attention my to the fa- how. My favorite how part in Cuffs is. is when he's like, "I'll fight you for to be who's." He, yeah, yeah. Who's like, the new well, chief? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Well, I've nobody told you, but I was such and such like golden, golden gloves gold yeah, yeah, champion yeah, yeah. or something." So he gets ready to go and fight him, and he kicks him right in the nuts. Yeah, <laughs> I love when he's tied up and the dog is next yeah. to him, <laughs> and they had to oh. subtitle him yeah. talking to the dog, and he's like, he he's trying to get. There's a bomb about to go off, and he's trying to get the dog to howl so the people outside can hear him, and the dog farts. He's like, I didn't say fart. Howl. <laughs> him and Tony Goldwyn, I, I love when uh, there's a scene. It was such a random movie. Remember they start bleeping out the F words? Tony Goldwyn goes on like a rant where he's, he's saying fuck like 30 times, and apparently it was like a PG-13, so and they couldn't use four. it. You only were allowed one back then. So they bleeped out 30 of them, but they left the last one in. <laughs> It was so funny. So they spent the three-minute scene that's, bleeping him out, and then Tony Goldwyn looked at him and said, fuck you. <laughs> really funny. Uh, so she was a that. middle finger to the ratings board. Yeah, right it really is. Uh, so Ashley Judd here, man, what's your favorite of her movies, man? You, uh, it's either 
Heat or Kiss the Girls? Yeah, Kiss the Girls was so good, man. Bug I, I is probably Bug. her best performance. God, I loved her in Bug, man. So good. But she was. It, kinda... It's hard not to be good because you're you're opposite Michael Shannon, who had done that role off Broadway for like two straight fucking years. On Broadway? Uh, no, it was like off Broadway. I don't think it was on Broadway. Uh, it's kind of a really dark thing to do on Broadway. Bug is a fucked up movie, man. If you haven't seen Bug, it's William Freak and the guy who did The Exorcist, and it's a very contained movie. It's basically about a woman who has lost everything and is just struggling, and she met some guy randomly at a dive bar. Yeah. And she was living at a hotel, and she brought him back to the... Uh, doing drugs. Brought him back with another girlfriend of hers. Remember, yeah. she brought her back, but the girlfriend had to leave. And they were like, she's like, are you all right here with this guy? You just met this guy. And he's like, yeah, he seems pretty safe and everything, and he, he's crazy as hell. And at some point, he gets convinced that there's, there's a bug on his skin. And, he, and he's like, look at it. He's there. like, look at it. And she can't see it. And she is so disturbed and troubled that Michael Shannon gets her to start believing that there's it's bugs on sort him of, that aren't there. I, I think in the right circumstances, you can do that to people. Oh, yeah. And this was that's what was disturbing about this movie. Because this movie, this, she was already super... I mean, a lot super, of cults start that yeah, way. Yeah, she was... <laughs> I, exactly. I, more truth has not been spoken, too. Because she was unbelievably vulnerable. And she just wanted something. Mm -hmm. And she was... And Michael Shannon came in, and he was crazy as shit. Remember, he pulled his own tooth out? Oh, yeah. And he thought the government had put something in. He's like, these these bugs are put in here by the government. They put them in your teeth. So he pulled his tooth out. And he's like, you see it? You see it? There's nothing there. And she's like, I see it. I see it. But they did and, a good job uh, in the editing where they flashed, like, bug noises and flashes of bugs. And, and, and just him reacting to them. Like, they're all over his skin. And, and uh, he starts cutting them By the time it gets... At the, by the time you get to the end, there's full-on craziness. It's crazy. Like that movie is crazy. Tin foil and you know black helicopters. Most people cannot deal with Bug. Bug yeah. disturbs people deeply, uh, and you could tell that it's the same guy who did The Exorcist, and it was probably the best horror movie he had done since The Exorcist. Um, uh, Time to Kill. She was great in the Time to Kill. Uh, Kiss the Girls, though. Let's talk a little Kiss the Girls, man. Such a great movie. I just love the idea of the uh, mild spoiler alert because you do find out about halfway through the movie. The dual serial killers. The dual serial killer thing is crazy. How there's one on the East Coast and there's one on the West Coast. And at the beginning of the movie, and you obviously got Morgan Freeman who's trying to hunt the serial killer down, and you don't realize this is probably James Patterson's most famous book. And uh, Alex Cross was the the famous detective and it went on to become obviously uh, Along Comes a Spider and then uh, what's his name Tyler Perry ended up becoming the new uh, Alex Cross which I hadn't seen that good. movie uh, you seen it? No I like I, I like that. I like Tyler Perry when he's when he's doing serious roles. He can totally pull that off. I, I don't need to see Big Mama's house anymore. Or Medea, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it Medea? Yeah. Well, I told you, him in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sequel, man. I, it's one of the best roles I ever seen him in. Uh, but kiss the girls. She so a serial killer was kidnapping girls and bringing them to this lair. It turned out the lair was underground in the woods. Like you're never gonna fucking find it. Are they threshold? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, wait, does that come afterwards? Shit. <laughs> uh, but she gets away. Remember, you were, she, she you ends were, up. You were all inclusive, though. Yeah, I know. You were. You were <laughs> it was. You were, it was different enough. <laughs> so she ends up escaping from the lair. Pops out of the uh, the hatch. Is in the woods. Well, remember jumps the girls off. that were there had been there for a while, and they're yep. telling her not to settle down. Yep. Like she's like, problems. "Fuck no, I'm getting the fuck out of here." And she gets out, and now it's it's the whole thing of uh, she's got to help Alex Cross find the serial killers, and then it, the thing gets like open wide up when you realize that there's two of them man and they're and they're competing with each other they're like sharing the different stuff that they're doing man which was a major thing i had never seen that in movies before and i, I thought it was amazing that um i don't know if they went into it in 
in the Henry portrait of a serial killer, but Henry Lee Lucas and his gay lover were dual serial killers. They would split up sometimes and murder on. Yeah, their, yeah, uh, but they were in the same place. They weren't doing it like cross country type of things. No, they they were, were living together. They were hanging out. No, together. but they would go apart for yeah, yeah. a year or two at a time and yeah. kill on their own and uh-huh. then come back together. Yeah, that was that was a weird together weird movie there. Uh, Double Jeopardy. Double Jeopardy, the premise was great. Yeah. It was really good, yeah. man. I hadn't seen that forever. Who'd you play in Frida? Do you remember Frida? I've only seen I it like once. I love Frida, but I don't remember her huh. in it. Uh, High Crimes, that was another great movie with her. Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy was funny as shit, man. That was The Rock playing the Tooth Fairy. I just love uh, Billy Crystal in that movie. He was the uh, the master Tooth Fairy guy that like gave him all his uh, equipment and taught him how to do things. Like, you'd shrink yourself really small and everything. It was a kid's movie, but it was funny as hell. Uh, and then I ha- I have never seen Divergent, but it seemed big What's enough to about? put it on here. That was one of those kids' movies that I had never seen. Um, I had never seen it. I know there's three of them, and a lot of people are like super obsessed with the Divergent yeah. movies. Uh, it, I think it, Justin had seen it and he described it to me once, and it kind of seemed like Cube in a way, where they grab these people and they put them in this kind of puzzle kind of sequence, and they have to get out Can't and everything. So I'm not sure who <laughs> actually got played in, in that. Cube. She's a huge. Um, What's the basketball team? Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, Kentucky Wildcats. She fan. went there, I think. Yeah, and I remember... Th- not even, not just basketball, football. Yeah, too. I remember every time they have a big game and there's a celebrity there, it's she's, usually Ashley Judge. She's a big, big fan of it. Grew up in Kentucky, yeah. I think, too. So I don't know what she's doing now. I always loved Ashley Judge. She's really great in a lot of flicks. And she she plays that Southern girl really, really well, too, you know? She does. Um, I mean, she was a... I think she was a... A model or something. Maybe. I have to look up a lot of that old Ashley Judge stuff to see what she's done. Uh, all right, the next one, Angela Bassett, man. Ugh, I love Angela Bassett. She's made a huge co- comeback on TV I mean, with that, uh, with all the Ryan Murphy she's shows. Got, she's she's the the African-American Meryl Streep. I don't know if that's bad to say. Sure. She's got, she's got acting chops to that level. Oh, she, yeah, and she doesn't is. do a whole lot now other than, like, TV because she's been – She's been connected with a lot of the Ryan Murphy shows. She's so she's on, uh, uh, she's on that nine one one show. She's on uh, American Horror Story. She's on a lot of the seasons of it. Uh, the Voodoo one, she was good as, as that Voodoo priestess lady. But anytime I think Angela Bassett, I always a lot of people go directly to What's Love Got to Do with It. Obviously, she was amazing playing Tina Turner in it. But I loved her in Strange Days. I had a crush on her in Strange Days. Man, she played that oh, yeah. that she tough ass oh the tough, slash tough security. ass security kind of. Uh, chick and there's a scene where she like uh kicks the ass of like William Freakin uh and not William Freakin a William Victor and it uh and it's awesome man she had those like uh those corn rolls man and she was she was friends with uh Ray Fiennes in that movie and she was really awesome in it but we're thinking of some like minor roles when she was not starring in roles like what's love got to do with it Early on, she was in FX, which would probably fall on that list of 10 movies that random people have seen and random people have no idea what the hell it was. Uh, and she played one of the, uh, um, I think she played one of the cops in that movie. She was in Kindergarten Cop, you know? I don't know who the hell she played in Kindergarten Cop, you know? She, was she one of the parents? She was, either, she was either one of the parents or one of the cops. I, that's all I could imagine her being in that. She was amazing in Boys in the Hood. I, Innocent Blood, I loved her in. Uh, what else we got here? Malcolm X, Vampire in Brooklyn, she was great in. Loved her in the score, man. The score with Robert De Niro. She played Robert De Niro's like love interest in that movie. Uh, I never saw Black Panther. Oh, God, you got to see Black Panther, man. <clears throat> she played like the queen of... Did she win an Oscar for what love got to do with it? She was nominated for sure. I'm not sure if she won the Oscar for it. You might have to look that up. But I'm Vampire in Brooklyn. Vampire in Brooklyn, man. She was she was funny in it, man. She there was uh, 
Joey Diaz talks about that movie a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, that's one of... Uh, he might have been in it, too. Joey Diaz has had a lot more uh, credits than you, than you think he ha- he's had in just, like, he random roles. He was in Spider-Man. Roles. He was in Spider-Man 2. He was in Longest Yard. Longest Yard was a big one he for He gets him. introduced as the guy from the longest year. Yeah, he has a lot of stories about that. I, I hear him talk all the time about hanging out with Chris Rock, and uh, he said he had a lot more fun. He, But he also says, he says, I remember when I saw it, I didn't like it. He's Oh, he watched he it doesn't like a lot of his... and he said... He's like I he's like I thought the movie sucked. Yeah. I don't think he likes most of the movies he's in. He's in it more for the experience and mm-hmm. hanging out with these yeah. other actors. No, which if you, you really listen to his podcast, he's in it for the insurance. He yeah. said movie star insurance yeah, is the yeah. best insurance. You get to go to Bob Hope Medical yeah. and get Bob Hope dope. <laughs> yeah, he, he you could tell that he is just in it just to kinda get himself out there. But he's in the new Sopranos movie. Is he? Uh, yeah. He is in the new because he looks like he's Italian. He looks like big Pussy. He looks just like Big Pussy. He gets mistaken for Big Pussy all the time. And I don't know who he plays in the new Sopranos movie, but he, I mean, he's full-blooded Cuban. But you would, ex- when you look at him, he looks like he's Italian, yeah, Cuban, yeah. Sicilian. So. He, he looks like he could pass for. They're on the same. I bet if he did the equator. No, it's a lot like a lot of those Chinese actors who will cross over and play just made Vietnamese a lot of guys and, and play Japanese guys. Upset. You know. <laughs> A lot of those actors probably are really upset because you know a lot of the people who do, who well, don't want to you like, don't yeah you don't want to hire structure and all like Cleveland's got a new voice yeah they want they want that race to play their own race yeah and it, it's got to be tough I'm for like a lot of the Asian actors who who made a career out of playing Koreans and uh, and uh, Vietnamese guys and Chinese guys and uh, like got them a lot of work screwed, right? yeah Kazaria <laughs> oh, well he left as Apu right. But he did, and he gave up to another two or three other voices too. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got enough fucking money. He doesn't have to do with that. Yeah, Black Kill Panther it. though. <clears throat> Angela Bassett was incredible in Black Panther. Uh, she played uh, the, the Wakanda, like the queen of Wakanda. There, man, she was awesome. And uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. I love that she's she good. came in as that, like in a, just a couple scenes, you know, mm-hmm. just a couple scenes to kind of throw her weight around as like the head of the CIA. There was some other movie where she played the vice president. It was some stupid movie. What was that? Uh, Justin might know it. <laughs> it's a little shot at Justin, but I know you know what I'm I talking mean, about, man. It's like, uh, is it the White House Falls or something like that? Uh, damn it, was something like that. The White House Falls, or um, I can't remember what the hell it was, but uh, but Angela Bass was great. 47 movies. All right, we're, this last one's going to be the big dog here, man. And uh, this is the one who's uh, who's arguing as one of the biggest actresses, but also a character actor, also a method actor, and we could just spend the whole time talking about her, but we're going to hit on her highlights, and that's uh, 65 movies for the great Frances McDormand. I mean, she was good from the very beginning. From the get-go, from man. From the first movie she ever did. Blood Simple, man. She was one so the- good. My top fifty favorite movies. God, Blood Simple, man, it's Just another one. And if you're a Coen Brothers is fan, great about that, now she she's in a lot of Coen Brothers movie, and there's a reason she's married. to, I'm pretty sure she's married to Ethan, or I'll she might Joel. be married to Joel. It's, she's either married to Joel or Ethan. I can tell you that. Uh, and it not and it's not that situation where like oh you're gonna put your it's not like a Sherry Moon zombie well, I mean, type if you're situation. Married to Francis McDormand, you yeah. put her in the damn movie. Well, that's the thing. I I mean, you you think Rob Zombie puts his wife in every mo- movie and people give him shit for it, and I'm one of like, them because she's not that good. Yeah. Uh, the difference is Francis McDormand is one of the best actresses in the world. I would put her in yeah. that fucking movie. Especially, I like... If she was married to Scorsese, she'd be in all of his movies. One of my favorite... Oh God, it's it's hard to pick what my favorite Francis McDormand uh, role is. I'm sure is you would pick so number two. good in all these. I... I almost want to put the man who wasn't there just because I love her as that drunk. Life's so great, you won't even fucking believe it. Oh, <laughs> the know? big bullet cherries. It's a big bullet cherries. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love her in Raising Arizona. Oh, my God, it's an angel straight from heaven. <laughs> you got to get that dip test. <laughs> you got to get that dip test. 
Uh, I mean, everything. Uh, Blood Simple, man. Uh, let's talk a little Blood Simple. The so, first Coen Brothers movie, and uh, if you go, it's if you're doing like one of those, who has the best first movie? Yeah. You know, Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good man. With that, that's a category that we'll have to do. Best first movies. Best first movies. I mean, I mean, you think. Uh, I mean, not the best, but you think that a lot of people have had solid first movies. Spielberg with yeah, Duel. Uh, what about uh, the guy that did Godfather? What was his first movie? Francis Ford Coppola's first movie. See, that might be Dementia 13, which okay. was not a fantastic one. Uh, if you're talking about directorial debuts and not writing credits, uh, what's his name? Um, Christopher, uh, Christopher Nolan did the following, which was pretty big, but not he yeah. didn't get huge until Memento. Tarantino. Tarantino. There you go. That's that would be on the list. Obviously, Reservoir Dogs is his big one. But even before Reservoir Dogs, I mean, he wrote True Romance and Natural Born Killers, and then directed uh, friggin' uh, Reservoir Dogs. That was pretty but big. This is called Simple. fascinated with scripts. This is yeah, called yeah, fascinated this, with films. Right now, we're fascinated with Francis. So. Uh, Blood Simple, really great story, film noir about a uh, guy who wanted to kill his wife because he thought his wife was having an affair with him, which eh, she was. And uh, <laughs> just like most Coen Brothers movies, bad shit happens. They hire uh, the person hires the least qualified person to do the hit job, and it all gets screwed up, and everything kind of piles on top of each other. If you're a fan of like Fargo and uh, a lot of those old uh, newer Coen definitely Brothers movies, definitely had too, some. Had you thinking in a bunch of different directions. Oh, yeah, that, man. I loved it. And uh, Timit? Tillit? Timit? Who's this? The the guy in the yellow suit. Oh, the M.M. Uh, yeah, at Walsh. M.M. at Walsh. No. Yeah, M.M. at uh, Walsh, right? Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. You use the whole fist, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> Moon. Friends with Doris. Also, she was nominated. I'm pretty sure she... W- I know she won the Oscar for Fargo, but I'm pretty sure she won Best Supporting Actress for Mississippi Burning. Uh, which, which was, was a major one of my ring. favorite movies. It's actually difficult to find. It's difficult to watch, no, <laughs> for I, sure. Really, I mean, it's hard, man. It's, it's hard, it's a, it's but a it's tough, no harder it's than t- like JFK or like. It's a little harder than JFK, I think. It's a little bit. Uh, I mean, they don't it's really not a, show. They show very. They show tiny flashes of the actual murders. Yeah, but you just got to deal with that racism through the whole uh, movie. Brad Dorf. Oh, Brad! Well, that's who played her husband in that movie, and he's he's one of those guys that can easily play a very sweet guy or an absolute complete scumbag psychopath. It's my own breed, rat terror. Oh man, yeah, graveyard (laughs) ship. It's still, uh, and Eric would stand with me on this. My favorite. It's hard to say, man, because he played Billy Babbitt and fucking hear uh, some main accents go to that movie. Oh man, it's too far from here. He was best role for him, in my opinion, was Exorcist Three. Man, so good in that fucking movie. Uh, Frances McDormand. People forget she was in Dark Man. You know, she was the love yeah. interest mm-hmm. in Dark Man for, uh, and that was one of her smaller kind of character actor roles. Talk just about came a in. movie that you thought was gonna, they people thought were gonna have lots of sequels and be. Like, I had three. It had three of them. But he not he, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson didn't come, didn't but Arle, uh, Arnold Varslu came, who who was the guy who played the mummy. Uh, yeah. So he became almost more famous as Darkman mm-hmm. than Liam did. Um, the special effects does not hold up on that movie. If you go back and watch it, I mean, it holds up as in the uh, frame of its uh, its Sam Raimi and Sam Raimi's weird with the special effects. It's reminiscent of like Evil Dead and everything, but the special effects were very strange in Darkman. Still nostalgic as hell, and I love watching it. The movie right after Darkman, I put it on here because I fucking love it, and it's so hard to find. I can't find it on YouTube. I don't even know. I can't find it uh, to be able to rent, and it's such a great movie. And it's called uh, Passed Away, nineteen ninety two. It was all about uh, the matriarch of the family. I think Jack Warden. Jack Warden, at the beginning of the movie, was coming in for like a, 
a uh, birthday party and they surprised him and, it, and he dropped dead. And so the whole family's coming together. It's a dysfunctional family. Hey, we got that pod coming up. If I can find somehow find the, uh, to be able to watch it, I can put it on our dysfunctional family pod that we're going to do soon. And so it's all about uh, who's the main guy from uh, CSI. Damn. The guy from Manhunter? The guy from Manhunter. He's the main matriarch of the family, but Bob Hoskins is in the movie. Uh, a lot of great famous actors, uh, and Francis McDormand was one of them. It reminded me of Death of the Funeral. Yeah, yeah. Very similar to the Death of the Funeral uh, is Passed Away. They might even have... Uh, no, I think Passed Away came out before Death of the Funeral, so they might have kind of uh, stolen a little bit there. And then there's Fargo, man. Uh, I mean, it's hard to beat. One of the best roles because you think that's a simple role, man, but that's not her, man. I mean, that's that's mm. her playing Marge Gunderson. That's not an easy role. And obviously that accent in that kind of really funny way she did it was was great. Uh, she was awesome in Primal Fear. God. As I had the most confusing scene of any movie ever. Primal Fear? No. Or uh, Fargo. Not Fargo? What's that? When she goes and visits... No, that, the, you're such a the, special lady. Yeah. I was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> Every Coen Brothers movie has that one scene which doesn't seem like... Yeah, it, you know which one it is in uh, Lebowski? It's when the interpretive dance... The interpretive dance. It's so weird. It's like, th- there's no doubt if you were running too long what scene you would take out. But I'm after rewatching it several times, I'm so glad it's in there. I look forward to that scene where she goes and has lunch with the Asian guy and he's just such a special lady and tries to sit next door and he says, no, no, that's all right. Uh, I mean, she's married to the uh, Zodiac guy, so uh, <laughs> who was also amazing in that movie. But Primal Fear, she played the psychologist that discovered that uh, that Ed Norton mm-hmm. had these split personalities. I love the scene where she knows it, but the audience doesn't know it yet. And uh, Richard Gere comes piling in and says, I need to talk to my client right now. She says, no, we need to have a word right now. And he's like, nope, I want to talk to my client. You get the hell out of there. And so she didn't have a uh, chance to tell him what the hell's going on. And then you see Ed Norton split right there. And he like throw Richard Gear up against the wall and everything, and it was like really he's intense. So good in that. Oh man, people forget how good Ed Norton was in. Pri- if you look at him in Primal Fear and The Score, those are two movies and American History X probably. But those three movies, man, and he is such Birdman. high level. He doesn't do many like that lead Birdman. actor roles now. Now he does stuff like Moonrise Kingdom. You know, Birdman. Uh, Birdman. Yeah, it was a long name. It was like Birdman or something else. It was kind of like uh, Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Loving It. It had like those. That uh, subtitle of a movie. Mm. Uh, I think The Unexpected Journey or something was that. But Birdman was the main name, I guess, for it. Uh, Almost Famous, she played the, the mom. She She's was pretty, great in that. She was uh, pretty uh, lenient with her, letting her kids. Yeah, yeah. I love when she went off on him, uh, went off on Billy Crudup on the phone. Your mom's kind of scary, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved her in Burn After Reading. She was so funny, man. She had the greatest her and Brad reaction. Pitt, man. No, oh, yeah. Her I, and George Clooney when yeah, he takes that, her down that. in the basement <laughs> and he shows her the dildo chair <laughs> and he like pulls it off and she. You she's expect like, to be her to be shocked. Yeah. And she's, and she's like, that's, that's the greatest, greatest thing, thing I've, I've ever seen. seen. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was so weird. I love the stuff with her and Brad Pitt, though, where her and Brad Pitt are making the call, that mm-hmm. initial call to mm-hmm. uh, John Malkovich at the house. And Brad, that was probably one of the weirdest Brad Pitt roles ever. I, I just though. love him in that. Uh, that Richard role. Jenkins was great in Mitch, it. It's so good. Uh, Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom. Kingdom. Uh, she played uh, Bill Murray's uh, wife in that movie. Just a small little kind of role, that character actor role that she plays. And then obviously the big one in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, man. I've only seen it once and I loved it. I thought it was she so won. good. 
Couple pretty sure she won for that too, man. So didn't uh, uh, Sam Rockwell Sam won. Rockwell Sam Rockwell should have like ten awards by now, and he gets screwed on most of his movies. Yeah. So I'm glad that he got. It sucks that he had to win an award playing a racist, but he was good at it. And he <laughs> he did have a change of heart at the end of the movie too, which I thought was good. Yeah. I remember was the Woody only Harrelson uh, who killed themselves. Spoiler alert. Damn, I can't remember. Was it Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson was in the movie. I didn't even realize. I don't even remember he was in the movie. All I remember was Francis McDormand and her, and uh, and him, and the uh, the guy from Twenty Four was in it too. Uh, you know that? Uh, damn, I can't think of uh, who he was. Remember, he's the one that kept uh, getting slapped <laughs> in uh, three billboards. Really good man, Francis McDormand. I mean, she can write whatever she wants, and it's great that she's done all these fabulous movies because she's married to one of the most famous directors in the world. I mean, she doesn't have to do anything. She she chooses to do that stuff. There's there's yeah, certain actors that he uh, was one of the stars. He's the one that went out to the horse barn, remember? And oh, uh, were you talking Woody? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I have to rewatch it. I own it, but I haven't seen it. I've only seen it that once. I watched it like right before the uh, award shows, just so I know knew about it. And I loved it, but I uh, I haven't seen it. It's the same guy who did uh, Seven Psychopaths and In Bruges. Uh, so that director Both was really great. Both movies that, if you saw the trailer, you're like, I don't know. But were great. Yeah, fabulous. Seven man. Psychopaths was great. Yeah. But like I said, France McDormand, I mean, they, they've got enough money that she could just hold back and... Uh, uh, let Joel do movies, but she's so good. It's like uh, I think of that with Bridget Fonda. When was the last time you saw Bridget Fonda? She doesn't do movies anymore because she's married to Danny Elfman, and she's just enjoying life. Enjoying life, and Danny Elfman's pulling in resi- both of them. I'm sure are pulling in residual checks like this going out of style. But Danny Elfman still scores movies, and Bridget Fonda hasn't done movies in years. I don't even remember the last movie she's done. Lake Placid, maybe. Uh, so a lot of times that happens with some actors. So I'm glad Plus, it doesn't happen with Francis McDormand. It's true. I mean, she has a huge family and money, and obviously that too. But uh, it's more life than money. So good. That's what they tell me. <laughs> That's what they tell you. <laughs> not sure if I agree with. <laughs> I don't. Not sure I agree with your detective work there, Hal. <laughs> I think they may be dealer plates. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> All right, that's our group of character actresses, man. There's such a great uh, list of ladies here, man, that have just been killing it. And that's character actor six, man. So we'll be back with character actor seven, and uh, we're going to see how far we can take this. I mean, there's so many actors out there, we can take it far, pretty far. But we're going to be, by number 10, we're going to be super obscure. Like I'm Polly Shore. <laughs> yeah, Polly Shore, man. Best supporting actor. Oh, God, man. Casino man. <laughs> hey, man, don't, don't, knock, don't, don't knock him, man. <laughs> Polly Shore was great in that. He's got his handful now trying to revitalize his mom's uh, comedy club. He, I hear some stand-up. It's not always great, but some of it's funny. He's, he, he's better behind the uh, behind the scenes doing stuff like that. So, uh, And i got to knock Polly. That was one of the things. he had, Speaking of Joey Diaz, he had done Joey Diaz, and he, he begged Joey Diaz not to put out the episode with him, and he did it for the longest time. Uh, he he says I won't I won't release it and then on the uh, Joey Diaz had to end his podcast after like 750 episodes because he moved to Jersey and he he was uh, moving away and uh, on his last episode he dropped the Polly Shore episode and Polly Shore and, asked him not to yeah because it was just Polly Shore like wheezing being the, the well wheezing, the if wheezing. you're with Joey Diaz you get fucked up because Joey Diaz will drop acid with people on that show and he will just take pills and the edibles and everything by the time they're an hour in it, the show is like a shit show but it's funny to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I think Polly was just out of his element there. You can't go opposite some guy who's like uh, a such a professional drug addict like Joey Diaz. So uh, I, I thought it was funny though. But he yeah, that's d- he character. Talked about doing, he talked about doing uh, three ounces of cocaine in a weekend by himself. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I believe it. 
I mean, you can you can do that, but you know, it's gonna catch up. And to he you was four hundred pounds at the time. Yeah, that's the problem, man, because his heart is not going to be like, able to take that. my dealer. He's like, what, are you cutting this with butter? <laughs> <laughs> so he's back in Jersey. I'm hoping he does his is podcast. Is he back in Jersey? Yeah, he moved back to Jersey. He was Rogan says Bergen. he'll give him one summer. He gives him one winter. He says he'll be back. Yeah. He's going to get him to move. Uh, uh, Rogan's pretty convinced that he's going to get him to move to uh, Houston, where he is, and he's start because Rogan's starting a comedy club there. He's got his podcast studio. He's offered to buy houses for a lot of his comic friends out there and have them all on a ranch together. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's start a compound. Yeah. He says, he says, I'm getting Duncan out here. I'm getting fucking uh, uh, Ari Shafir. I'm getting all these people. Uh, Joey Diaz. Up before the before the a lot of these guys' backgrounds come out, like got Chris Azealia being creepy oh, with uh, people. And... Yeah, the uh, what was it? Uh, damn, I can't remember his name. The guy from the Goldbergs kind of came out and he kind of disappeared. He ended up getting COVID too. Uh, so yeah. I mean, you got to stand by your stuff. I mean, the, the the good thing that's going with them is they're stand-up comedians. I mean, they've been saying inappropriate shit since they've been uh, in front of the mic, so they can always go with that. Well, he was texting and, underage girls. No, yeah, there's obviously an extreme <laughs> level with <laughs> it that you take different. it to it far. Uh, it, it's a little different than just stand-up saying inappropriate stuff. I mean, these guys are stand-ups because they say inappropriate stuff. That's the yeah. reason like, Richard Pryor like, and— Tosh says some ridiculous oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, he'll but talk he, about rape nice being guy. funny and this yeah. and that. And it's like, you're, you got to give, if they're stand up comedians, you got to give them, if they're not doing anything, they're just making jokes about it. Come on, you got to let them do that. They're stand up comedians. But I would think the stand up comedian business is kind of dwindling right now because you don't want to be in an, uh, uh, an open area with people uh, laughing their asses off, spitting their uh, germs all over people and everything. They're doing like uh, they're That's doing driving stuff. Less funny on this podcast, by the way. Yeah, I know. We we don't we want to keep the laughs at a yeah, minimum, so we don't. We're trying uh, to hold our laughter. If you saw <laughs> us, we'd be like we're like got our hands over our mouths, keeping yeah. them trying. To keep <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right, so next week, next week we have uh, me and Justin are going to do ensemble families. films. No, we're gonna do ensemble oh. films, man. Those movies that just have like, like Noises Off or The Expendables or uh, Anchorman and uh, the, the, those big movies that just have major cast members where you can't really uh, pin down how many famous people are in it. And there's a lot of them, man. So it's gonna be a really fun one to do. And then me and Dave are gonna do True Crime. And uh, then after that, we are doing, me and Justin are going to do Dysfunctional Families, which could go either horror or comedy or drama, I guess. You could go uh, across genres between that. And I'm going to let Justin, uh, Justin will pick his and I'll pick mine. It won't be a set list. You do Chappaquiddick. Uh, Chappaquiddick, Dysfunctional Families. That's true. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, then we got our big Halloween episode, man. We are fully in October now. And uh, we've got it's a really great. Uh, the what's last that? year. What's that? This is the lost year. The lost year? This It'll be remembered as the lost year, what? the COVID year. Lost year? How so? Like, You're still living it, man. It ain't lost. It's right here. Well, they canceled trick-or-treating. <laughs> that's true, man, but canceled uh, come on, buy your kids the, the freaking candy, man. Yeah, just, that's all they care about. <laughs> Fucking man. Paint their face and give them some candy. Yeah. Let them run around like a crazy person. Yeah. I'll meet you in the living room. I'll give you candy there. I'll meet you in the backyard. I'll give but you candy I also, there. like, did they had a, I saw an ad for a, a candy air gun yeah. to launch candy oh, nice, to, to nice. people standing at There's the There's ways people will, could do it, man. And I don't think it's it's canceled here, but I don't think it's canceled everywhere, too. And to be honest with you, it seems like the the one social thing that it, it's all right to do. You know, you're yeah. wearing masks. But people touch the bags of candy. That's what it is. But if you do it, there's safe ways of doing it. You know, you put, uh, I've seen somebody with a robot, like, driving it down their street, remote control, and then it's got, like, a big bowl and people are grabbing one on it. Yeah, but I'd be the guy that wrestled that robot to the ground and grabbed the whole bag. Happy birthday, Polly. I got more candy. (laughs) We would go trick-or-treating into high school. 
me and Chris Johnson. Well, that's went, the beauty of the mask, man. You don't know if the rubber it could masks, be a big kid. <laughs> and we got a full pillowcase full of candy. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, we just, we we drove. It's the, we reason we all have, it's the reason we all have bad teeth now. <laughs> we did Mansfield and we did all Foxborough. Yep. And just parked our car. We drove. That's crazy. Yeah, I stopped probably when I was 13 and uh, no, probably we, 12, to be honest I think with I you. probably stopped at 13, but we did it again at 17. Yeah. It was getting, it wasn't as fun as, I mean, when we were little kids, it was, oh, it was super fun, man. And we got mounds and mounds of candy, including mounds. Uh, <laughs> Which, I'm more of an Almond Joy guy. But. The, more, the, the more I did it, the more creepy it got. You know, you, you kind of got the impression that just going to a stranger's house asking for candy is probably not the best thing to have your children yeah. do. Uh, and not, Especially if you go onto the sex offender registry in your neighborhood. Yeah, and you realize how many people are actually living in your neighborhoods are in your street. 47 sex offenders yeah, in this what the hell? two square miles. And, uh, and waiting for you. And we were going by ourselves after a while. I mean, Mom went with us to for, uh, for most of the time we were doing it, I think. But I think the last year or so, I think I went with you, just you. You and maybe Matt or something like that, and we just it went around seemed like it. it was safer back then. Yeah, yeah. You had that story about people putting razor blades in candy. It happened maybe once. It happened once, and it was a dad that did it. Yeah, yeah. To, to the his, neighborhood to, his, to, his, to spark some kind of fear. Thing. Happiness. They did a it's documentary about it. <laughs> really, they did yeah. a documentary oh, yeah. about it. Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. Because I mean, that was the rumor, and they and they kind of. Uh, that rumor was fueled by doing scenes like Halloween 2 where the kid showed up eating the razor blade that was in the apples. Or you watched uh, Creepshow 2 where he, he uh, had all the uh, – he was putting it in the candy and everything like that. So, yeah. Movies, man. Just lie after lie after lie. I mean, the great thing about <laughs> Halloween is the movies. Yeah. To come out. Yeah. During that time. Period. Oh man, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna so. this this year is gonna be great because we've done ones in the past where we've we've talked about uh, uh, we've talked about witches and werewolves and all that and uh, the the devil and this year we're gonna do mad scientists, serial killers, and cult leaders. Man, ah, oh, it's it's gonna be fun that there's that many things. And I think after Halloween, like a week after Halloween, I'm gonna try to get Eric uh, over the phone and we're gonna do uh, the women of horror because he's he's really good. That's a subject he's really strong on, and we'll talk about all those scream queens that we grew up watching. He's good on the old movies. Old yeah. movies, yeah. 70s is, 70s is, in, uh, is his jam, man. Even 50s and 60s. He's a big black and white kind of uh, movie guy. So shout out to him, and we'll be doing another one with him. But we've got a lot of great ones all the way up to the end of the year. So uh, hopefully everyone will uh, stick with us and enjoy what, uh, listening to him. stick with us. Yeah, let's stick with us. And uh, <clears throat> so if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, shoot us an email, fascinatedwithfilms at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook where you can see our weekly photo collage of the episodes that are that are dropping that week, uh, and that's under Fascinated with Films. And you can also leave us a comment or a like on our two platforms, which is SoundCloud or iTunes, and we'd appreciate it. We would. Until next week, until we're doing, uh, now I already forgot, Ensemble Films. Everyone uh, join us for that, and me and Justin will entertain you with that. But until then... See ya. Bye. Huh. That was fucking trippy. Mm-hmm.